Welcome back to Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this week I have in the studio with me... Paul Squares. Nathan Strzok. And today we're talking about our top five favorite and least favorite X-Men stories and or issues. So I want to stress this is our favorite, our personal favorites, and we're not saying these are the best, that if you don't like them you can go to hell. No, we're just saying that they're special to us for some specific reason. I might disagree with the others, they might disagree with me, and we'll both fight about it, But and I'm always right, but still, at the end of the day, it's... It might be my favorite, Paul's favorite, or Nate's favorite. That's just the way it's going to go. Uh, we're going to jump in, and uh, Nate's going to start us off with his uh, fifth favorite X-Men story and or issue. Lead us off. All right. I, I don't have any particular order, so I will read these off in the the, the listing I gave myself when I ordered them. All right. That's fair list. enough. It doesn't matter. Um, Astonishing X-Men, uh, specifically Dangerous, the issue 7 to 12. Uh, you want me to talk about why? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, the, I don't think I, yeah. I don't think it's anyone can argue that this is one of the best storylines that X Men. Uh, I might that has been written. In it. Um, I, I, not necessarily dangerous specifically, but uh, Joss Whedon is a good go-to point uh, for best one of the best X Men stories in recent memory. I think he brings a lot to it in terms of his you know knowledge of cinematography and uh, and pacing and the characters he clearly understands very well. There's a lot of really great moments. Uh, like when Kitty comes back in the mansion during Gifted, and and you know, uh, but what she is has it about flashbacks? What is it about this? The dangerous, arc, dangerous. The characters have kind of gelled at this point. There's six years into it. We have issue seven. Um, they understand a little bit more the role of, uh, as a team. Uh, I like the the villain that Dangerous presents herself to be. I think it's really neat when they talk about uh, Shi'ar technology. That takes me back to again nine. A lot of my stuff on my list will be referenced to nineties because okay. I grew up in the nineties. Everyone should know that. Um, I'm very biased towards positively, 90s comics, even though a lot of them aren't told very well. So again, there's that Shi'ar storyline about how they got this technology, how the Danger Room was created, and then there's elements of iRobot and other Asimov, um, you know, robotic laws about how robots can't harm people because they're programmed by people, and they're trapped within their own programming, and Mm -hmm. how she has to overcome it, and this is very typical, but to me, interesting science fiction uh, uh, storytelling, or or, um, uh, science fiction storylines. Uh, about robots and, and their relationship to human beings. So it has that kind of classic golden age sci-fi mixed with contemporary Joss storytelling, mixed with a blend of 70s X-Men, mm-hmm. which Joss is clearly coming from. He yeah. loves the 70s X-Men comics. Yes, he does. He shows us that he loves that by the first scene where Kitty walks in and tells Professor X to go to hell, essentially. Professor X is a jerk. He's a jerk, right? Yeah. With the, with the nice 70s, 80s kind of jacket that she's wearing. We, <laughs> he, it's a complete nod to what his favorite era of... Uh, X-Men is, which is clearly what a lot of the, the writers and artists at, at uh, Marvel love right now. Mm-hmm. Casada loved 70 Spider-Man and wanted to bring him back to 70 Spider-Man with one new, brand new day. Um, and I think that Joss is doing this here. Although he's borrowing heavily from Morrison, this is still a love letter to the 70s. So it takes a little bit from the, you know, the Sentinel as well. We have the Sentinel theme that was in the first story arc mm-hmm. about robots and X-Men. And I love robots and X-Men. Some of my favorite stories, even from the cartoons or from the yeah, comics. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They only have Sentinels in them? Yeah, they do. Operation Zero Tolerance? Oh, yeah. Uh, zero, yeah. Might be on someone's list. I don't know. <laughs> Not going to be on mine, but okay. fond memories. Yep. The Sentinels during Onslaught. Okay? Yep. We like robots and X-Men. It's yes, fun, we... good, and you can destroy them and blow them up. Adam, your favorite quote from the X-Men animated series? Yeah, uh, I'm liking now. Hey, Tin Woodsman. Hey, Tin the Wolverine voice. I, I'm not going to try it. Tim Woodsman, send you back to Oz in pieces. Okay, we all know that. Yeah, It's a robot that he's interacting <laughs> with. So this is neat. I also think it's kind of clever how he creates her consciousness. 
Okay. We have Wing, right? Who's this character who... Throw away? Sure. He's in the story to die, which yeah. is a favorite of Josh. He loves to do that. He, he did loves... that in Buffy when he introduced... Yeah, he likes that... to kill people. Guidance counselor, was she? In the, uh, in the Buffy series? He, he introduces her. Jenny Calendar? No. Uh, and um, they all fall in love with her, and she's you know a new addition to the school, and then she gets killed. I don't remember the Buffy series right. Well, it wasn't Jenny Calendar, though. I don't remember. Okay. Um, anyway, so Wing dies, but there that... is death brings about new life. This is all these tropes and these metaphors about through death and rebirth and all these hmm. things. Breaks her programming. Um, and then there's this awesome fight where, you know, you get impalings and she knows all the weaknesses of the X-Men and he takes you to Genosha and anytime you set something in Genosha, which is a dead wasteland full of corpses and skeletons of dead mutants, yeah. fantastic setting. You get Xavier in a, in a, in a pickup truck <laughs> ramming a yeah. robot. Like, just good fun. So that doesn't work for me. I, I love it. I think I, it's fantastic. I, 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 I remember reading that and being like, really? Like, I felt like it started off in such a high point and you get to the end of the story and I'm like, really? This is the best you've got? Well, that wasn't the that was just a neat moment of Xavier I know, doing but, like, something. Like, when that storyline ended, though, the last couple issues fell flat for me, and that's why. When well, they resurrect a giant Sentinel from Morrison's run, uh, and then it's like shooting them and trying to blow them up, and then Kitty saves them all by touching them. But this is after they've all been like quote unquote air quotes I'm doing killed, and then they have to be healed by Elixir. Like it's just all over the place. Uh, they make you think she's killed the X Men. Obviously, she hasn't. But the way she disassembles them and, and takes them out one at a time. It was drawn, mm. I can't say enough, for Cassidy and his pacing. The, the art was brilliant, I agree. And how he tells the story and those fight sequences and the, the kinetic energy you feel as he, she's throwing them around. When she like, tosses Colossus aside like he's nothing, you feel that these are ragdolls to her. And this is why the danger room is such a danger. And why Xavier heard her cries for help, I'm really sentient, listen to me, and he ignored her mm. and then shackled her. To servitude, which at the same time, or similarly, in a similar time, they were doing um, Deadly Genesis, which was another storyline about secret Xavier garbage that he was pulling, screwing with people's lives, and being the puppeteer. And it was very a big build up towards Xavier being a dick. I felt it was a pylon of making him a dick, and it also felt like, and I know two things. And I I know the storyline '98 wasn't that good with Cerebro coming to life, but this was just Cerebro Mark II done a little bit better and looking better. And I guess. But a thousand that, times better. That kind of, time. A thousand times better, but it's still something I'd seen before. So I guess I'm not as big a fan Are you of the Are saying you like the Search for Xavier Cerebro story more than this? Not, not more. And, and again, there's Search for Xavier, and then there's the actual first Cerebro story where he had that weird X-Men. But I like the idea of Cerebro. Uh, but this coming, is the Cerebro. This I know, and then, and then there's danger. Well, it was, come on, it's I know, so it's similar. robotics. It's, 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 it's so these are, similar. These are storylines that, that X-Men creators use, that you, but Joss told it better. He did tell it better, I just felt the, the storyline, because it wasn't the first time, it, it, it lacked a little bit of originality but the, to me. But the uh, other ones, which aren't original themselves, because again, we're borrowing from you know classic science fiction here, True. they don't talk about the metaphors or the links or talk about what life is. And well, he's talking not... about the nature of life and consciousness, and they don't analyze any of that, and he does. And he, I mean, it's not through any great depth, but he at least touches on it, talks about it, and mm-hmm. gives you build-up for why the, sha- the true shattering, not the stupid shattering storyline, <laughs> the actual sh- disassembling of the X-Men comes later. Okay. They have to pile up all the, ex, all the Xavier uh, revelations because then it becomes a very cheap storyline where they go, look, we want to destroy the X-Men. We want to destroy Cyclops' confidence in Xavier. How are we going to do this? They were already doing it. And I don't know if the mm. editors at Marvel said, hey, Joss, can you make Xavier more of a dick? I think that he did that on his own. It's kind of a Joss thing to do. And it coincided with what was going on in Deadly Genesis. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a nice buildup to an event that came much later and makes it more believable. Okay. I actually personally think this is the weakest of the four arcs. That oh, I've, I, I've heard a lot of people say, what? But I like this. I, I, I just remember reading it and just being enjoying it the most. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not about the space stuff, and space is very... I mean, X-Men does a lot of stuff with space. Yes, they do. But, I mean, the latter storyline is all a little too much out there. Um, the first one's very grounded. The third, yeah, the first one's very grounded. Very good. Excellent. I love it as well. It's, it's a, excellent. It's a great way the to The third one it. with the Hellfire Club and um, um, Cassandra Nova, it's good. It has some really excellent moments, some classic shots of Kitty looking up at the camera and doing yeah. the Wolverine thing from yeah. the classic Hellfire Club issues. Um, I just Wolverine find, being a child? I just, I'm the best person of what I do. Yeah. And what I do is so very pretty. <laughs> I, I, great. I, that's actually more creative than this, Absolutely. I think. But what this does, I think, is just brings a lot of classic elements together with Sentinels and Machines and, and, and Sentients. does it in a more modern way. And, and a really great way to characterize Xavier as a man who's desperate to do anything he could for his dream. And wonderful fight sequences. Just very nicely choreographed by, um, by Cassidy. And, and, and I felt that there was a true punch. Like she was, I, I didn't feel the same way with the other villains when they were attacking okay. the X-Men. I didn't feel they were in danger. This one I felt lived up to its name. I felt that they were in danger. And I really believed it when they impaled... Who gets impaled? It's Colossus. I've been a while since I've read it. I think it was... I, and I don't even Kitty remember. tries to phase Colossus away from being impaled, but it, uh, it hits somebody anyway. Yeah, it impales them both. They yeah, both get hit. Yeah, okay. That's right. Because she throws Kitty at Colossus, knowing that if she uh, if she phases or something, that if he... I don't know. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. He is uh, in his steel form, and she throws Kitty at him. And he know she knows that he knows if if she collides with him in steel form, she'll splatter. Okay. And she's not doesn't have the wherewithal to phase. Okay. So he has to de-metalize so that when she collides with him, it okay. won't pulp her. And then at that moment, she spins around with her other arm and throws the um, pike through them both and impales them both on it. Okay. Which is great because the two lovers are like cruci- No, they're no seriously no, they're I, crucified I, together. Fun, right? no, they're I, impaled through with a giant nail and this kind of like. Savior Christ imagery and it's just it's just clever and neat and I felt for the first time in years the X-Men were in trouble and I didn't feel that up to that point and I love it when the X-Men are on the ropes okay any thoughts on that one before we move on to yours Paul well you know Astonishing X-Men the, the is it on your list like, first of all did he spoil anything on your own list is well this, yeah, is, yeah he, is this on your list this particular story okay. well not this particular story I don't think anyone whole, agrees with me on the story but I love it but you know I'm, I look at the whole run as a whole yeah. I look at the Whedon's run as an astonishing, and it's it's definitely one of the better things. You know, we all know, all you guys know, that I loathe Morrison. and Absolutely loathe him, yes. yes. Um, I like one thing he did. Which one? E for Extinction. I e- liked E for Extinction. Extinction. The first storyline. You okay yeah. with that? No. Kill, killing Genosha? Not not at all? Uh, Everything he touches, just, is, it's just crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me. Everything he did but after that was just... Yeah. It's nice that... Joss was able to bring the X-Men back from that. He kind of reconciles it, doesn't he? It does. He and does. He, like, he builds on it well without yeah, letting it I, I, take he over. He still brought in the extension over and dealt with stuff that he kind of did. I guess he touched on the good stuff that he did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he got, he did, okay, black leather, screw her, went back to superhero costumes, yep, right? Yeah, superheroes like, again. Yeah, it's like the first. It seems everything, after, once Morrison was done, it seemed all Marvel tried to do was retcon everything he did. All the stories tried. How quickly can we patch this back up so this kind of never happened? And um, Joss brought it X Men back to being X Men, you know. And yep. in this day, we still have yet to have any X Men stories to compare. Yeah, uh, it's, I think he sent a benchmark to, to a really solid, good X Men book. The team was solid. Even the fact that it's still the same costumes. I mean, that usually changing of the costumes is change of an era. Yeah. 
and they're sticking with them. And that, that's the particular version of the characters oh, I like. To a degree. Up until Marvel. To Greg Land had giant red X's on everyone. Like yeah, Wolverine's but, shoulder has a huge... I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, know. I see change a whole lot. But up until Marvel now hits, I mean, at least most of the costumes have... I mean, and that's usually how you can kind of chart the major yeah, changes. Yeah, interesting, to too. Like, it used to be a blue and gold, or blue and yellow. And then, I guess Cassidy and Joss decided we'll do gold and gray? Kind of the color palette they're working with a lot. Yeah, if you look at Pixie's costume and a lot yeah. of those. You know, the, the yep. X Men costumes. They just yeah. kind of want a, a yellow gray. Okay, I mean, I'm fine. Is that the new? That's the new colors, the new color tones that we have. Kind of yeah. modern era. Blue is too blue. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, to so astonishing. I, I think we can all agree. Uh, it was good. Fabulous. It was very good. Um, I think anyone, very few people, can debate that. Um, that whole thing. So we all like that. So it's cool. So. Uh, to back, I had ten like good ones in case people. Okay, well, I have a lot, ton of honorable mentions yeah, and alternates because I just we could not. Take too long uh, I so couldn't help myself. Let me uh, let me throw something out there. Um, but, but, but where do I want to go with this? This one probably no one else has. Um, I enjoyed uh, something rabbit brain. I enjoyed the rise and fall of the Sheer Empire. I did too. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, I thought it was a really cool space story. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, the X Men hadn't dealt with the Shear for a while. Not well, anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Morrison did. Um, Morrison did, and there was that stupid uh, the, the Shiar Death Commandos when they came after Kate, uh, Rachel. No, yeah, Claremont, right? Yeah. It was. It wasn't good. It was like okay, Claremont. So there have been no good Shiar. Yeah. <laughs> no good Shiar stories yeah. in a long time. So this was really cool. I, I liked the team that was out there um, that they sent out. It worked for me really well. Um, you know. Uh, Corvus and his big bad buster sword, you know, the, the, the sheer cloud. It's God, so cloud. that yeah. thing is so ridiculous. Yeah. That was the point, though, right? I know, but still. And, and then, then having Billy Tan as the artist who has this very... Um, was it Billy or Philip? Was it Billy? Billy, Billy, Billy Tan? Tan? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he has issues with his proportions. Like, a lot of guys are very skinny and thin. And then, but yeah. that works a little bit with the cloud references because it's yeah. kind yeah. of an anime... So I dug in. I've always had an, uh, uh, a soft spot for stair jammers. So having yeah, them involved yeah, no, uh, was awesome, too. So the whole thing was, was really How did you feel well about done. Corsair dying? Spoiler. For I mean, I guess it's like <laughs> five, six years ago, yeah. but... Um, it worked, right? Yeah. It, it, it's a death. Sorry, I didn't feel anything either, but I think it, it gave Havoc something to do. Yeah. No, it I was, mean, they yeah, didn't do anything. They didn't yeah, do much with it, but at least... really, no, but it's my character. He's still dead. They haven't brought him back or anything stupid like that. Because no one cares. Fine. I... I, I you like Corsair? I do. I actually like him. He's I'm cool. A, I'm a fan of Corsair. Yeah. yeah. No, I like him too, but... I like him better than Nightcrawler. But you care that he's dead. I said it. Really? More than Nightcrawler? Look, you know, a lot of things I'm going to say are not going to be opinion, uh, popular opinions. <laughs> but that one? Really? You like Corsair more you than Nightcrawler? What? I think that... Holy crap! Yeah, I don't, I don't think Nightcrawler has been written well in 30 years. Well, he's dead now, so you're okay. Well, now, do you like AOA I Nightcrawler? I think that giving, making him um, an Ar- Ar- Errol Flynn swashbuckler Catholic... Is great, but the people who have been writing him either have not watched Errol Flynn movies or <laughs> understood. I'm serious. No, they're not I, I Catholic, agree with you. Yeah. And they don't understand Errol Flynn. And I have a problem when they give people these character traits that are supposed to be very meaningful. Like Kitty Pride is Jewish, and I understand not all the writers who have written her are Jewish, so they yeah. can't necessarily understand. Maybe they should do some research. But give it to Greg Pak. But Greg she Pack talks about himself being a devoted Catholic. Like she could be maybe a secular. Yeah, um, Jew, because you don't really talk about her going to temple very often. Not usually, but Nightcrawler, no. I mean, I have a big problem with how religion is depicted in comics. Not because I don't feel that like it's it's being treated fairly. I feel people haven't researched it. Hmm. Like they'll research other things, but they don't. Anyway, so Nightcrawler, a huge portion of his character is Catholicism. I feel that Daredevil's Catholicism has been better handled, well, much better yes. than Nightcrawler's. Yeah, because Nightcrawler was just kind of paid. He, it's, he, it's they like, gave him one shade. They gave him a coat of paint. 
Yeah, well, and they Murdoch said this is was what he is. Yeah, way. whereas Murdoch, Murdoch, exactly. That being said, we're detracting from Paul's time. I'm sorry. <laughs> we like tangents. We, we do that a lot. That does happen. Yeah. I, I could go on about why I like Christopher Summers, but it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, but uh, no, I thought it was a really good, um, it's really good fun story. So something that has happened recent that was actually worth reading, worth remembering, mm-hmm. worth buying in trade yeah. after buying the singles. I agree with that. Um, there's been very little um, since... Is, would you say it's the last X-Men story you really feel like you could reread it again and really enjoy it? Like, yeah. love it again? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Especially in Uncanny. Doesn't that make right? you kind of sad, though? It does. That was like X-Men five, have been, six it, years it, ago? It was a miniseries. A it was a What If, though, wasn't it? It was What If? What If, probably. For? But what? Um, Rise and Fall of Shear Empire uh, for the new Star Jammers. I have it on my shelf. Oh no, they do. There's some Kingbreaker. Or... No, 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 no. There's oh. a what if for sure. I think he's right. Oh, okay. it's like if. Oh, can we look it up? Uh, not the moment. I guess we could. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> you, you keep, you keep Paul, talking. Let Paul continue. Let Paul continue, and we'll, just, and we'll try and look this up. Okay. Don't worry, well, I did silent. springboard a lot of other future X Men cosmic stuff, which was kind of cool too. The only thing I kind of sucked afterwards is they did have a Star Jammers little mini series book for four issues after that, and it was pretty bad. Mm, I didn't read that. Yeah. Which, which one was that? Was that Kingbreaker? No, no. If, if Star Jammers. So oh, Star Jammers. Jammers right? Oh, okay. And I thought it'd be a cool, fun book. I like Star Jammers, but sadly it was not very good at all. Hmm. Um, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. It kind of ruined it for you? No, no. It was just unfortunate that, you know. Rise and Fall. What if X-Men Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire? Uh, I guess that's a book. I thought there was one about like the Phoenix coming. I don't know. I think. Well, I, I gave you, it on my shelf and I read it and I enjoyed it. You, I, oh, you own it? Yeah, it was an actual single or was it a it's trade? It's a trade. Yeah, it's a cool. I image. might own it as well. Then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. That. Okay. What if Vulcan gained the power of the Phoenix? That's the one. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. That was. I think on the cover I of one actually, of the trades. I actually like that. I don't always like those, but that the art was fun. Uh, kind of a nice little throwback to. Yeah. Okay. Probably better than that miniseries that came after it, as you said. So. Yeah. And you and you like havoc and. The, the the collection of people they had in space. Yeah, I thought it was a neat collection of heroes, a good balance. I like that Xavier powers. kind of gathered that team, yeah. and because uh, Xavier was on the outs at the time, so mm-hmm. it was kind of an interesting. No, I you know I, I hadn't thought I, I I didn't really think of that when I ended up looking at my list, but that's that's a good one. I wouldn't mind having that on my honorable mention list, but it isn't, okay. and it's and it's plentiful already. I've... That was the big <laughs> first storyline with Darwin too. That was the first storyline where we're like, what can Darwin do? Yeah, and he was cool. Yeah. And then they ruined him in X Factor. I mean, I like Peter David on X Factor, but not when it comes to writing Darwin. He doesn't get that character, and now he has weird visions. It's better than X Men First Class is the handling of Darwin. Well, yes, because his the one movie, I'm talking about his, the movie, his the abomination that is the, the one movie. thing he can do is adapt to things, and then he, and then he can't, and then he dies because he can't he adapt. Can't to, adapt to Kevin Bacon's tremor. <laughs> no, it's a little energy cube he put in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, but I know. he, he, he still should it. be able to take it. You know, take it like a mutant. I don't know. Well, it's, I'm just saying. It was re- anyway, uh, I'll, I'll go on to my number five. I kind of cheated because I couldn't quite. I kind of it was kind of like a tie for me, and they're so closely connected. Um, so my number five was uh, <laughs> Legion Quest slash Age of Apocalypse, which is a giant. No way! You pick one or the other. Oh, fine, Legion Quest. <laughs> I think, okay. and like I love Age of Apocalypse, and that will be obviously. Wait a minute! Does this mention. push? It pushes AOA to. It pushes AOA on honorable mentions. Legion Quest. 
I know. It's, it, 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 it seems... My astonishment. I don't know if he can pick up your astonishment. <laughs> he, he's trembling and ha- having a whisper. He can't believe that I pushed AOA off my list. Uh, I think Legion Quest is just more fun for me uh, to read, and I really enjoy it, and we were looking through it today, and yes, there's some ridiculous artwork <laughs> and some really overdone narration, but I just... I've those covers are really speak to me. I remember reading them when I was a kid. Um, they just they just have so much power. Like sounds having, very nostalgic, Trippin. Yes, a little coming bit coming at me about my dangerous pick, and I'm you pick just, Legion Quest, uh, the kid the, with the worst hair in the Marvel universe. Uh, yes, yeah. and I'm picking Guido too over Guido. <laughs> Well, okay, and I, and, I, and I know it's not the best, no. but I, I love it. You know, that's okay. And I, I know it's, it's okay. Your it's got and I like and I will include in that. So I'm include, so that's Uncanny X Men three twenty to three twenty one and X Men forty to forty one and also Cable number twenty, which as we looked at does have the the banner on it. Uh, I really like the storyline. Legion goes crazy, goes back in time, and he uh, he ends up killing his dad instead of killing Magneto, creating the Age of Apocalypse. A lot of fun for me. Not the greatest story. That's some really great art. Even hey, though you want to talk about been there, done that. <laughs> yes, obviously that's. But the X Men universe hadn't been done like that before. X Men hadn't ever explored that 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 con- going back and ruining the past. They'd done future stories to death, like they people come going from back. The future. Or you mean with Cable and Bishop, two time travelers who came back to never, change the past? But, but they had never they had never gone from the from the present <laughs> and changed the past. To, My mistake. <laughs> I know it might seem like a very... Completely different. But it changes their continuity, whereas, like, who cares if Cable changed his future? Like, we don't see it. We would never know. It's not his own Because Cable will never go back to his future. (laughs) No, he he won't. He can never do anything. No. Why isn't Cable in X-Force helping them to kill Apocalypse? Tangent. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Well, well, he should he was be frontlining. He, he, I know he was dead. Back now. Well, now he's recovering on Utopia, <laughs> and he's totally not showing up at all during AVX, which kind of makes no sense. Ridiculous. You think that he'd be Ridiculous. like, you know, uh, Cyclops? Maybe you lay uh, lay off my daughter. You know, <laughs> maybe you lay off my daughter. She, 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 why don't you lay off my adopted daughter? She is your granddaughter. It's- Go to hell. My, my top problem with all the monster events that both companies do, missed <laughs> opportunities. Yeah, I agree with that. Wings and improperly using characters that could have done so much more. Okay. All events. That, no, that's fair. Uh, so Legion Quest, not the greatest story. I like it. You're making a change to your list and late this you late in the what? game? You know what? What? Because I... My Legion Quest changed your no, mind? <laughs> I had this conversation with you before we did this, and I asked if this particular storyline would count. And you said it would. Yeah. So I had to bump something else off the list, which hurts me because the one I bumped off the list is very meaningful to me. But it can be an honorable mention. Your most honorable yeah. of honorable mentions. So anyways, so Legion Quest, great story. Kind of if you if you like uh, X Men stories from the nineties and you're okay with verbose uh, narration. Um, for me it's it is kind of comfort storyline because I, I know it so well. I enjoy it. The artwork's great. You got Andy Cooper. You got Roger Cruz and some of his most non-Roger Cruzy artwork. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. And if you can get past Scott Lobdell's kind of Claremontian narration, then it's there, there's some good. There's some really good stuff in there. So that's my number five, uh, Legion Quest. Nate, number four, or whatever comes up next in your list of non-numbered options. Okay, so um, I was going to take Mutant Genesis off. Can't do it. Okay. So what is Mutant Genesis? Oh, you made Genesis back on. They did something else. Uh, okay, X-Men 1 to 7. Okay. Which was the reboot. Reboot. Re- new book. 991. Um, when they gave Claremont and Jim Lee their own book because they were mega superstars and they made Marvel a lot of money before Jim Lee went to the left to Image. Mutant Gemis- Gem- Gemesis. Mutant Gemesis. That sounds like a really interesting book. X-Men was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> full of typos and plottles. It is actually full of plottles. It is full of plottles, so you're halfway there. Mutant Genesis typifies 90s X-Men at... At its best, 
crazy, highly glossed art with enough rough edges and stubble to be just enough Jim Lee. <laughs> stubble for everyone. Skin-tight chrome <laughs> plot devices that allow a mutant called Chrome to envelop people in Chrome to outline all the female anatomy. You know, that takes a lot of good creative ideas to come yeah, up with that. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> Including... Including one Scottish doctor who never really should have had her body engulfed in skin-tight chrome to show off her female assets, which she's forty-something, but depicted as—is she in her only forties? I thought she's not a young lady. Moira should be like in her fifties. But Moira is drawn. Oh, she's just drawn like, like a twenty-year-old like woman. Like a tot Pamela Anderson. Okay, <laughs> she's the hottest geneticist I've she's ever seen. The hottest geneticist. Kind of a nice freaky moment when they have the chrome covering her mouth and she's clawing at it for a bit. That's a little nice little... That's kind of a horror movie. Yeah, kind of but whatever. Not very good at all in the end. Because it's just... <laughs> anyway, shots of Magneto like floating saying... through space, showing out his pectorals as just the buffest Holocaust survivor in the you know, century. You know, if, some, if someone had just... Yeah, if someone just fast-forwarded to this point, they'd be like, are they already on the bad stuff? Like, I'm not really sure. It if is like it not, not. I want to make this clear. It is not a good story. It's better than Leg- uh, uh, Legacy. Legacy. Oh, uh, <laughs> Legion Quest. Legion Quest. Come on. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, um, kind of. But it's not as memorable. It's I just. Guess, for it's you. just the uh, Jim Lee's '90s costumes, and let's do some shenanigans at the mansion and some training exercises, and you know. Oh yeah, the opening of the. Yeah, the book, you know, and have Remy LeBeau try to make out with a robot Jean Grey before she blows up. Good thing he had his chest armor up. That's why he has his armor, by the way, for kissing robot dames. Wolverine and Psylocke going through the sewers together. Yep. Fastball specials. Uh, Rogue taking on missile launchers. Just good fun. Swim time at the pool. Everything that you want except the baseball game. Wasn't there a basketball, though? There's there? basketball. Yeah, there's some basketball. There was basketball. Oh, man. Uh, which was actually incorporated into the animated series later yes, on. it was, yeah. Um, you know, all the excess that the 90s was, um, the Acolytes, I love the Acolytes. Their costumes are ridiculous, but you know what? They were uniforms. With, with their, uh, their awesome pieces. Yeah, the headgear and the stuff. Headgear, and, yeah. um, I mean, Gambit I thought he had, the, uh, he had the uh, market on having like weird headgear on their face. But then, oh, they have, well, they have the little acolytes. heads-up displays, I think, and <laughs> yeah. microphones. Yeah, well, they got to keep in touch. And X-Men going and then getting, you know, having to fight it, the blue team against the gold team, and the introduction of the blue team and the gold team. Is it's a great forces. idea. You got this one, the um, X-Men one. Divided kids on the playground. Like, which team is better? <laughs> you got the collected trading schism, card edition. Yeah, early schism. Like, yeah. Who do you think is better, blue or gold? Oh, I love gold. Okay. Really? Gold? No, blue, of okay. course. Because okay. Rogue and Gambit... You say it, and I don't you know. love, and then there's Wolverine, and then one of my favorite characters, Psylocke, and you can't compete with that. Okay, yeah. yeah gold really got the short end of the it stick. It really did. Hey, look, you get you Bishop. Gene, who faints whenever he's supposed to do anything. <laughs> Storm. And Bishop, who's <laughs> never around, because he's like through time tunnels all the time, chasing <laughs> Doctor Who. Storm, who's competent, and then didn't Jubilee? Didn't she go on gold? No, she was blue. Oh, she, she was blue. blue. They cut her on blue. Wolverine. Because they had enough people to protect her, yeah, so they could bunk together. Um... I don't know, like, it's in space. Space Station got yeah. more, you know, shades of the whole Avalon, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Asteroid, Asteroid M stuff M, that we yeah. all love. I don't know, it was just a good time. I think Jim had a fun time with it. I think Chris gave him a lot of fun things to draw. Good battles with, you know, uh, For, Xavier's men and Magneto's men. Yeah. The yeah. M men and the X men. <laughs> For its era, it is, is brilliant. I mean, it, it doesn't age that well sometimes. No, it gave X men a real kick in the butt. If they can make oh, this yeah. into a movie... And make it, yeah. uh, you know, that'd be awesome. Honest, never happened. Yeah. No, it's interesting but, too if you look at not literally this movie, but if it could take the energy and spirit and intent of this movie, 
good mutants versus bad mutants. They're using all their powers. They're you know you, it's who's not gonna, about humans. Oh, they got Nick Fury chomping on us. Uh, yeah, so no, it doesn't. Who cares? They're going into space to fight people in space. We're going to take over the world because he can launch, you know, missiles that they stole from the Russians. Like <laughs> it's got everything. It's a Cold War allusions to it. Yeah. Um, it's got Jim Lee. With regards to what you said, Paul, I mean, they gave it a kick in the pants. It did. But it's interesting if we look at Uncanny X Men at the time, it was nowhere near as good, even with its relaunch. You had like the weird Gold Team wasn't the, it wasn't the the, the hot book. And you had Bishop, who no one cared about. You had weird Will Sportacio artwork, very dark. And then you had this gleaming example of everything the X-Men can be over in X-Men. So it's it's definitely but, gave them but a kick. But this the issue 1 to 7 is more than just issue 1 to 3, which is the Acolyte storyline. Yes. I'm also including Omega stuff about Red. like Omega Red. Maverick. Love the Maverick stuff. Uh, Sabretooth and the brainwashing, the Psylocke. No one has ever made all that Omega stuff. Red look nearly as good as Jim. Oh, Red. no. he's it, The tendril, the movement of the tendrils in each of the panels. Like the tendrils are creeping through the panels to other panels to True. get you. Although makes half the time, like, they're just kind of... Like, he almost makes them like Spider-Man's webbing. Just, it's like, they're all askew. Yeah, well, there are some problems with... All askew. With erratic tendrils, but I mean... Quick mini pull, Maverick, awesome. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very right. '90s though. Yeah. It doesn't work now. Well, no, he's a he's a remnant of the Cold War, right? He's a, I know, a German. Saying, the characters design though. I don't think the characters West Germany. The characters. Little book he had for a while there. Yeah, I read a few issues. Yeah. Not that great. Oh, I have a few. Issues. Jimmy I, Chung did I that. I had didn't the whole run. It was good. I liked it. I, the first issue was really good. I, I, problems I don't have a lot of good memories of it, but that may be love is overpower card of other reasons. Greater overpower card. My book is tangent. Move on. He's. Oh no! He's, he's you're in up hair next. clicks. They gave him a hair click. He's yeah, decent. He's pretty good. Yeah, he got a hair Could be better good. than he is, but oh, everyone. He's no overpower. He's no overpower. Maverick. No. Yeah, eight fighting is a little high for Maverick, though. Yeah, but he's T-Max. I'm okay. I'll make peace <laughs> with him. Yeah, all the It's better, better than giving Juggernaut seven strength. Yeah. Originally. Originally. Listeners. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Your IQ packs. All right, Paul. Number four. <laughs> what you got? Uh, leading with the '90s trend, I'm going to go with one of the few things that I went back to read because um, I started. After this event, uh, Fatal Attractions. Okay. I really enjoyed Fatal yeah, Attractions. Uh, everything from the, the holographic covers. Uh, <laughs> so so 90s. Sorry, that's 90s. No, but they're nice. nicely they're, done. Like, they yeah. actually crafted them well. Yeah. I know it doesn't excuse the fact that they're there. Having a collection of singles just looks beautiful together. Yeah. Um, if they're in great condition, you got you had some really incredible stuff happen with, you know, Colossus changing size after the, and the, the, the funeral of his sister getting raided. Wolverine gets his adamantium ripped out of him. Oh my god. Which lasted a long time. The climax yeah. of that story was one of those memorable, yeah. shocking Absolutely. moments. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were to blast your brain out of your yeah. skull, like, some really heavy stuff happened in that. Most was, important event of the 90s in a lot of ways. And the ultimate led to so much. I don't know. Was it a betrayal? Could you call it a betrayal? The betrayal of Xavier um, to, to Magneto? Because at, at this so. point, he betrayed Magneto, his principles. Magneto, he said he'd never do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the one he's thing supposed to be the good did. guy, and he's their best friends, and Magneto, I don't think, is, has never done anything to that degree to him. Can you think of anything Magneto's ever done that's to, Not to that really. degree? No. Like violating this man's soul? But you know, someone, so I'm sure... He the ate guy, his soul <laughs> yes. and then made himself into a monster later. True. Like, that's that's I'm, pretty nuts. But it's interesting. This is kind of the first kind of glimmer of Xavier kind of not being the greatest dude. Right. Him. He's a good chink in the armor. Th- this yeah. is this is soul, the first time... It's Charles Xavier, soul eater. <laughs> <laughs> kind you don't of. agree with me? No, I I'll agree with you. I'll destroy your brain. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because before this, before he kind of flips that coin, I don't think he'd have Deadly Genesis but or I, any other stuff. I like the conversation later. I had before. Like, he's just... Like, I'm losing it, Magus. I can't do this anymore. Magnus, sorry. Um, yeah, you have to see what <laughs> you're doing is wrong. You have to see that it's going to destroy this planet. You have to, and then he won't. So then he just goes... It's over. It's And again, a very... I mean, this is after post-Cold War, but this is very... 
undertones of Cold War, right? Very strong. Yelling, trying to yell at the other side. We're both human. Can't you see that we're both have something in common? We both want peace. And the other side keeps escalating it, and you escalate it, and then someone hits that button, and then it just destroys it all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we took the spotlight away from you, Paul. That's going to be the trend, isn't it? It happens. Yeah, all right. Deal with no, it. but I, again, <laughs> I, I made my, my points about it. Like, I think, yeah, it was an incredible storyline that really worked well. Really slow um, start. Very slow, extent. very slow. In fact, I couldn't put Fatal Attractions on my list because, as a whole, I don't think it holds up that well. I've, I've, I, I have the the hardcover of it now with the entire collection. It's great, but there's so many chapters where I'm like, like the X Force one, yeah, and, and like the Excalibur one. They're it's not, not that streamlined. Good. It's, it's not, not streamlined. streamlined. I like that they all kind of play their own part, and you don't necessarily have to read them all. Actually, you should just read Uncanny and X Men. But an X Factor wasn't bad. But yeah, the the main really for me is X Men was the was the crown jewel, and the rest was kind of there propping it up, but. As a whole storyline, I couldn't put Fatal Attractions on my list. Paul, yeah. how do you feel about the post-Fatal um, Attractions, the Wolverine storyline? you read much of that? Are you talking... Uh, it's a bone gloss saga with Electra teaching him how to... Like, well, he that happened two years stick. later. I know. I'm, I'll include everything include up to everything that. Yeah. Yeah. that like, yeah. It's a whole storyline. I mean, so I'm not talking about the issue right afterwards. Oh, so you're building is, up... So you're basically dealing with like 30 issues because after yeah. 25 issues, then you have... Genesis yeah. trying to put the Adam I know. Then he loses, about then he his, loses his nose. I'm talking yeah. about how he feels about... I mean, this is one of his favorite stories. I'm talking yeah. about... Do do you feel that the story this led to, which is the journey of Wolverine over the next two years, that this is worth it or this is... Was it worth losing Wolverine's nose? Go. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely it. a roller coaster. Um, for sure. Because, again, I had to go back and fill attractions, right? So when I hopped on, I was already reading a Wolverine who had bone claws and... A, led to losing his nose and that kind of stuff so I was like wasn't as much a shock in some ways or yeah I guess so I was like well how did we get here all of a sudden yeah so I had to go back and read that okay I see where it goes and yeah it was it was a a funky time (laughs) (laughs) that that's a really nice way of putting it yeah right um with a lot of characters because you know like Spider-Man's getting a clone at the time and then Wolverine's a whole different character and Mm -hmm. they were trying a whole lot of different experiments I think and they were I give them credit for that I I think up to issue 100 was really good. Once he lost his nose, they went a little bit too far in making him trying Very to make feral. him a, a yeah. feral monster, and and then Electra soothing the beast. What? That is not in her character at all. <laughs> Who is this? It's Stick's character. It's he come st- to find Stick, and he she was fought there? Stick during what yeah. Impact Two, and it was like the burning building or something. But that her Impact stuff was not. Good. But Electra stalking the the monster that was Wolverine, and then and then she was involved with the first Ozymandias. I like storyline. that they have a relationship. What? I just don't think yeah, that was the right setting. Gateway wasn't in that one, but I can. But I do like her. Wolverine 100. I love yeah. the whole Frankensteinian. That's style cool. That I just afterwards, I just felt like we didn't need to see that because we already got the really cool stories of him dealing with not being the best there was anyway because he didn't. And that's why he left the X Men. There was a, I love that part of the journey, but then once 100 came around and after that, it just kind of said that Cyber getting or Cyber. It just wasn't the same. Him losing the nose and having the weird stupid bandana. Okay, for a while. listeners, he didn't lose his nose. The uh, the writer, the the, the, the artist, the artist not... just stopped drawing it a lot of time. <laughs> Same thing with Storm's pupils. He still has them. Sometimes he just don't. He essentially them. lost his nose. Using her powers is she's Okay, uh, so I'll move on to my number four. This is in the eighties. Uncanny X Men two hundred one. There it is. I have it there. So it's who will lead them with Cyclops yeah. blasting Storm. It's a good story. Uh, it's a good story. I missing her. She sidestepped it there. Yeah, she sidestepped it. She's neutralized. She's neutralized. Yeah, she's got a stick. She's got no powers. 
They fought for leadership Which of the X-Men. Uh, interesting, this issue is important uh, for people who are fans of Cable because this is the first appearance of the baby. Uh, Cable is a baby because he was in issue 200 when Magneto was having his big trial with a stupid M on his chest. Yeah. Uh, horrible storyline. Um, or at least costume. Uh, she was giving birth. Anyways, this is the first issue where we actually see the baby. Um, Madeline Pryor wants Scott to leave the X-Men. He doesn't really want to. He engages in this battle for leadership with Storm, and he ends up losing. It gets retconned later on that Madeline Pryor was using some latent tele- telepathic powers to influence his, his actual uh, abilities during the battle, and that's why he lost. It kind of cheapens it a bit, but like I don't like the Cyclops loss, but it was still a really good issue. Really strong, really great art. Um, a lot of fun. Have you read this issue? I actually haven't. Okay. So you don't have a lot to say about it. Well, I mean, I'm familiar with the retelling and, and yeah, the animated series, you're... but it's not the it's, it's bare bones. I mean, it's not the same, but it's... No. It's it's Claremont at his best where, like, it wasn't... It didn't lean you know too what? heavily on a lot of... I have read that story, actually. Yeah? I think I read it on CD. Okay. Yeah. And did you enjoy it? Or do you have good no, memories it, of it? Yeah, actually. It's... I mean, I don't have a lot of fondness for... Anything that Claremont did, because... No, that's not true. I just named... It doesn't age well. Newton Genesis. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Some of it is is just timeless. I mean, the Hellfire Club storyline, right? I mean, that's yep. a, that's super classic. Um, and Wolverine taking up the whole the whole club. I mean, uh, they keep mimicking that, and they, they keeps do. they should stop. Dark Phoenix, I recognize is a good story. I don't like the telling of it anymore because of archaic the um, exposition. You prefer the animated series version. and the narration. I do prefer the animated series when I feel it works at a better clip, and there's okay. again less exposition. You ever read this? This beautiful issue I hold in my hand. Probably not. No. Okay. You don't have much to say about it. Good. No, no contesting this one. No, not This at is all. a solid number four on my list. So, I didn't Claremont like have a lot of ice thought bubbles in a lot of these narratives. Yes, that's why yeah. I say like for its time, like it it does kind of get bogged down a little with that. I mean, for years, Marvel made every comic with this might be someone's first comic, so you got to kind of load it up with everyone is and what they're thinking and what they were thinking yesterday. And and reading it, and if you read a lot of the issues back to back, you really get. It, like holy, you, you start just skimming, and which is. But if you read just an issue at a time, it's pretty strong. I mean, yeah, it's it's very old school, um, yeah. but it's it's an enjoyable issue. It brings you to a, it's a totally different era, and it feels different. Like, and I like that that you can p- pull up some of these old X Men issues. What I can't get into it. Why not making tape noises on the mic? Well, I'm gonna have to hold this underneath the table. That's make not some tape noises. Anything. That's it's not gonna, gonna help like at a all. Book under a table. <laughs> <laughs> having tape well, that's Where unfortunate. Uh, I don't really have a mute button. There must be a cough button. There must be a cough button. Have I figured that out yet? No, no, no I have not. Do you want me to go? Number I would like three, you to go you with your number three, okay. and I'll pass this issue to you while we talk about past um, things later. <laughs> you told me I could use this, so I erased Ultimate X Men one to six. Okay. And put in House of M. Okay. Really? Callus is an X Men storyline. House of M. Yeah, it, it isn't. It, no, no, no. I, it I, is. Yeah. It doesn't count as one. I'm surprised. surprised. It's on the on your list. Oh really? I'm not surprised at all. He absolutely like he. Have you seen his lithograph of of SFM? Do you still have that up in your house? He has a nice big lithograph in the poster. I love SFM. Olivier Coipel. Yes, his I love him. Crazy man love over here. He yeah. is a decent storyteller. I love his his work on proportions and his stylization. Uh, I say decent storyteller because he's not in my top ranking of you know best storytellers ever. But I think he's very good. He gets into trouble sometimes when he gets very creative. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene in, uh, in the House of M where he. They have these sentinels who rip open a roof and they're coming in to find Luke Cage's group uh, of ragabands or ruffians or whatever you want to Vagabonds. Call them. Vagabonds. Vagabonds, <laughs> whatever. And it's very difficult to read the panel. Sometimes he has issues with that. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much as uh, Chris Bacciolo or Bachelo. Oh, God, no. He has a lot of pr- panel problems. But he does that on purpose. <laughs> sure, but it doesn't help the reader. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So all in all, I think Olivia's great. I love his work on everything. 
Um, a lot of people didn't like the storyline. I like it for a few keynotes. Uh, strangely, one of them is Spider-Man, uh, which I guess I can talk about because it's connected to the story. I mean, this, the, ro- the scene on the roof where he is breaking down after realizing that his whole life with Gwen is a lie and his children are a lie and his Uncle Ben is a lie... Uh, and the emotion that the Koipo creates and the, it's just the way he spreads out that rooftop. First of all, I'm a huge sucker for rooftop storytelling. <laughs> Even in crappy comics. Like, Did not uh, know this. Oh, yeah. Post-Onslaught Iron Man when he's a little boy. He's a teenager. There's a great meeting. I don't remember the issue, but he, he meets War Machine on top of a roof and pulls off their helmets and they're having a talk over like the dusk. <laughs> Of New York City, I lo- I love it. Anyway, did you love that's why end- I love Ninja Turtles. They're always on the rooftops. Did you love the ending of Iron Man Two because they're on that building? You yes, know? I yeah. did. <laughs> okay, especially when it's New York City, though. Okay, so they have this scene over New York City, and then who comes up to talk to Pete? Wolverine, who's the last person who should ever be talking to Peter Parker when he's suddenly he's broken down. But Wolverine knows something about people messing with your head and screwing with you, and so he comes up and they have this great conversation, and it's yeah, actually true. get pulled off by Bendis, and it's somewhat tender. And I have used this section of panels in my uh, teaching, a teacher, um, to help teach kids on how to read panels because it's not the super easy to read, Mm. but it's clear enough to know what's going on. And then I've had my students say, what do you think is going on here? Where would you put the words? I just played around with some of that panel work. Why couldn't I be in your class? (laughs) Um, Another great scene uh, I love is when Wolverine wakes up and he's in bed with Mystique. (laughs) And this is what his favorite thing is. This is what his ideal life would be. He's sleeping with a redhead. She's like Jean Grey right now, or Rose, who knows what she is at the time. And yeah. She changes back to Mystique, who's still a redhead. And then that moment where he looks over the helicarrier and all those memories come flooding back to him, and he just jumps off that thing. That is awesome. That's a great scene. And he's in free fall. And it's about him being, and his mind is in free fall, so his body is now in free fall. Yeah. And he comes crashing down to the world. And it's very heavy metaphor, but I, I like it. I think it works. I don't think everything was firing in all cylinders there, but. I, I like that I was talking to Adam about this earlier about how it is a story about the X-Men failing. It's a big storyline about Wanda. She goes nuts. The Avengers should have been warned about this. What have we done? It's all wrong. That's what Disassembled is. This Disassembled story is about the Avengers' big fail. And then they come together with the X-Men in this story and say, if we work together as a group, we can achieve something here. We can bring Wanda back. And then they screw the pooch. She changes the whole world around. They still fight back and get through it all and have this big fight at the very end. And the fight doesn't mean anything. The fight isn't about anything. The, the fight is between Pietro and, and, and Magneto and Wanda as a family. This family is crumbling apart. There's this kind of connection between them, like they were a family at one point in time. They can't really remember why they were. It's the same kind of bond, like you love a sibling, but you're not why, you don't really know why you spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Pietro and Wanda have nothing in common anymore. Um, no. Even Magneto sees his son as a complete failure. Um, uh, and then he kills his son tears his head off all the while arguing over their sister and their daughter and they have this great conversation in the ruins of Genosha I'm a sucker for the ruins of Genosha <laughs> Koipel does a brilliant job depicting them about their family and their sister and he's saying you know in that great moment I love this moment where Pietro talks so fast he just blurs out yeah, and they cool. say slow down we can't understand what you're saying and he has to slow down and, and so the high emotions family drama the X-Men are trying to save this family and in turn save themselves because if they can save this mutant family mm-hmm. who were, have a history of crazy terrorism and also <laughs> heroism, heroism yeah. that it's, it's, it can vindicate the, human, the mutant cause. There's so few of us left already and then Wanda loses it and just, just tries to destroy it. She, she lashes out at her family. That's what she's doing. Yeah. No more mutants. My dad and my brother, my dad just killed my brother 
the biggest problem is that I'm a mutant and they're mutants. If there weren't mutants, we wouldn't be sad and we could be a family, right? That's her whole point. She tried, in her, her fantasy, they're a family again, right? Yeah. And my dad rules the world, so it's okay. That fantasy falls apart, so she says the only thing she can in her fractured brain, no more mutants, that'll solve it. That's why I'm sad. She's like a little girl, right? Yeah. If only I could, my daddy gets mad at me when I play with my toys. My, my family is unhappy. Daddy comes home every day and he yells and he kicks my toys around and say, why do my toys have to be here? Daddy isn't upset because you play with your toys. But to a little girl, her family life is, is sad because of her toys. If I could only get rid of my toys, my family would be happy. So she tries to get rid of the toys. No more mutants. Doesn't work, of course. Leads to a storyline. I understand that this is a bridge point to what Bendis wanted to achieve. I just think it was told very well. And the point when, when Clint goes into the room with her and he's just like betrayed. How could you do this to me? You, you killed me. You killed Scott. You killed, you know, Jack of Hearts. I can't believe... How could you do this? And she it, kills him no again? One, no one cares about Jack of Hearts. <laughs> she on. turns him into blocks? Like, she's gone. She's lost it. So, I mean, I understand a lot of this book has a lot of window dressing, and there, you know, Luke Cage is fighting the good fight, and a big fight outside, but that's not what the story's about to me. No. It's, it's the X-Men fail. Maybe they don't deserve to be X-Men anymore. The mutants get crumbled, you know, they get taken away. And then the last scene is brilliant. They go to Genosha. Wolverine is pissed off out of his mind. He remembers everything. He jumps on Magneto and tries to put it, you know, goes to put his claws in his head and Magneto is a shell. And they all look at it and they say, stop, Logan, look. He's nothing. We don't have to do anything to him. He's already ruined. Mm -hmm. And he's just, and Koipel just blows it out of the water. He he is a shell of a man. And he just collapses and he's nothing. And he's just a broken man in a broken city that used to be his. Yeah. That used to be the center of mutant culture and the civilization, and it's ash. And he's back in his nightmare. He once was part of a civilization in Germany that was turned to ash, mm-hmm. right? And now he's back, and it's just like reliving his nightmare. And he's his son yeah. has lost him, and it's just heartbreaking. And I think they do a great job pulling it off. And maybe Koipel's the one to blame for how good it is. I think everything he touches is probably better because of it. Yeah. So, um, well, Bendis is probably one of Bendis's I, be, I think it's one of Bendis's last... I can stories. agree with that wholeheartedly. I can absolutely, because I think he screwed the pooch with... Because uh, I remember I, I used said to, that twice today. Yeah, I used to be a um, huge I'm, fan I'm of Bendis, amazing. and then I, I kind of fell out of love with him. Yeah, I think he... This is yeah. his last, one of his last bit major things that I was like, oh my God, this because is great. Because Bendis is good when he's telling small stories, and that's what I think he's lost track of. Because New Avengers is a wreck... He's not telling small stories. He thinks no. he is. He keeps having scenes with him around a table chatting. And Diodato's just drawing legs. <laughs> and muscles. <laughs> uh, I love Diodato, by the way, but I don't think that they're, it's working out. Anyway, I, I think, yeah. Okay, so any comments? Uh, it was one of my honorable mentions. It's, sure. it, it is a really strong story. The more, I mean... <sighs> I don't think it's one. Uh, yeah, it won't ever be. I think one of my absolute favorites, but it's something that I will go back to. I'll read it. It's still pretty solid. Uh, it's basically a what if most of it, and that, it's, that's okay. Um, sure, by its nature, but the stuff that is real, the stuff that's real oh, still wow. matters a lot. And I love what the, I, I, I always wish that it would have been better explored in the books afterwards because we there's so many big things that could have been explored better. The biggest thing I think happened. The thing I like the best is excuse me, Wolverine. I love the Wolverine stories after this. Not so much with what I don't like what Daniel Day did. Daniel Wade, with the Romulus yeah. stuff. No, Wolverine that's Origins. not what I'm talking about. But don't I like that there. he knows. Don't go there. I like that he knows, and I like the stories I did immediately afterwards with okay. origins and endings. Oh yes, he confronts you know uh, Silver Samurai, cuts off his hands, yeah. confronts the Silver uh, the Winter Soldier for killing his that wife. Was really cool. Finds yeah. out about Dakin. Like I think a lot of that's really neat, and that I like really that solid. Wolverine knows. I, I hate everything that led up to that book being launched. Wolverine, launched. sure, yeah, oh yeah, because the yeah, you're right. Origins 
origins and endings was really strong. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I like the allusions to the original origin that they did a couple years yeah. earlier. Yeah, cover was, was great. Was really yeah, that was a very exciting time for me as a Wolverine fan. And a big Wolverine. And I was going to buy Wolverine Origins, and I remember looking at it in the store and being like, I don't like Dylan. Oh, and Dylan's This looks not. awful. No, there, there, that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. But stuff, anything around that, Wolverine, I think, is better off for those memories. I agree. And I think he's enriched as a character. Because they were, they were really scraping the barrel and making him a mystery still. Like, it was That's just so not, convoluted. I don't know what people thought that, that Japanese was anime what... these guys saw, but it's a big... Tra- <laughs> I'm, I'm not trashing Japanese anime. I, I like a lot of the old stuff. I don't like the new stuff. Um, and Stu Ghibli is genius. But uh, a Japanese trope is the character has amnesia. And okay. somewhere in the ether of Japanese writers... They think this makes the character interesting. They think that, that you can identify well, with this character. I guess it's also because the idea you don't of know anything about this It's also world. the idea of self-discovery. And you're, and yeah, sure. And you're, the problem with comics is that doesn't Everyone end. has it. Every Final Fantasy game has someone with, uh, with uh, anesthesia. Anesthesia. <laughs> amnesia. I, and I wonder what the games are playing. And practically every anime you see, there'll be someone with amnesia. So this doesn't work. So Rogue for the longest time. And Rogue still isn't fixed as a character. They no. left her broken They should have never given her a name, which sounds no, stupid. give her a name, but give her a past and let her move on and do make her progress as a character. Give her an arc. The her character arc has never finished. The character hasn't done anything in like 10 no, years. No, because since 1981, since she was created, she had a big giant character arc and the only thing that was done was Remy was introduced but nothing new was resolved. No. Nothing has been Those resolved. Those two characters she ruined each other. She came to Xavier to fix her powers and let her be a human who could touch. That How's has that never doing? been resolved. How's that doing? And even now it's a kind Joseph of figured out a way. Yeah, giant weird oh, space we'll thing. We'll get back to that in a bit. <laughs> Okay. House of M. <laughs> okay. House of M is your number three. All right, Paul. What's your number three book? Oh, sorry. I need to jump on that one. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Where do I want to go next? Good for the podcast. Yeah, this is great. This will all be edited. This is out. all dead air. Oh, it won't on. be. Come on. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> wow. He just gave us the friends, two fists <laughs> pumping against each other. Yeah. That's right. This uh, has more violent way you said it, though. Okay. So, I'm going to go with now the, uh, I guess, the Dark Angel Saga from Montana Express. Excellent choice. Ooh. Not valid. Yeah. How's it not valid? It's, it's not X-Men. Said in the email. Oh, okay, well. You know what? Go with it. Well, I don't no, no, care. No, no, no. Sit I down. Love it's okay. I love it, the storyline. This good. would be in my list if I was allowed to do it. Yeah. If, okay. I, if, if I didn't. I thought we agreed on X. No. If I wasn't keeping the rules, no, because no, no, no X Factor, no X Force. Dude, no, talk about it. Oh, if okay. you want to talk about it, it's okay. We'll Look, it has Wolverine in it, we'll it has Archangel in it. These are Psylocke. X-Men. Psylocke. Come on, it's Pentamax. Good old. I love Pentamax. Who showed up in X Men? I love Pentamax, but he's not. He's not French. He pretends to be. He pretends to be French. That's so Morrison. Would you like to talk about it? Are you going to use one of your alternates? Okay. I'll, I'll You'll play by the rules. It's, yeah. it's you know what, but in recent years, since Joss Whedon, I'd say this is the highlight of reading X Men. That storyline. Anything? Well, in the you're not reading. Oh, X Force altogether. But yeah. No, no, no. Other world was absolutely. Other world. You know what? You guys it. hate it. I liked it. Why? How? You okay. want to get, you wanna no, get into it? No, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Here, we'll have a different man. one. It's not the best thing. No, no, no. It's but absolutely I liked it. garbage. And you know I what? I like that, that artist. You like that artist? No, it was awful looking. The vomit you know, on he's, that page? He's, no, no, he's not a good looking artist, but no, he has not. decent panel work. No, no, no. I'll show you the angles he picks. I'll show you the... We'll move on to number three, please. Oh, my God. Final execution, though. I just I agreed with you. Final execution. So far, it's wrong. Okay. Okay, good. Although the most recent issue had uh, Sabretooth and uh, Dagon just in a car together doing a road yeah, trip. But even of the X-Force books, <laughs> Dark Angel Saga, 
The best expressions ever. Because it's so 90s. <laughs> it is so 90s, but it goes beyond that. Oh, no. It's better storytelling than 90s, but in terms of the uh, soap opera nature. Oh, yeah. Intensity and the pushing to the max and everything's at risk. Love it. Yeah. And you feel like it's at risk. It, it does feel yeah. like That's it's at what it is yeah. about. Because uh, most of the time... That I is true. The, the, all the shattering's happening. Oh, the mayor. What's going to happen? The immediacy of the danger to the X-Men family is has, has lessened in future Oh, the 12? Yeah. Oh, there's 12 of them. <laughs> Okay, shut up. They'll never be the same. You know I have a soft spot. All new, all different. Not, not a big soft spot, but I still have a soft spot. Okay, go with number three, please. Uh, Will you survive the experience? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Is the uh, Extreme X-Men work? Can I go there? Extreme X-Men? Yes. Okay. you know why? It says X-Men okay. in the title. Yes, thank you. Okay. Okay. Phone rules. The, the second arc. Second uh, one. Well, the, I know. Okay. Isn't that unusual? The, the, the second tree. The one Lifeguard, the one. huh? <laughs> Continue here. The, the arc Clever on, on Magipur. Yes. Okay. Uh, the invasion, right? Invasion on that. Okay. Before. Yes. So you okay with this? It's his favorite. Just making faces okay. behind me. He can me. do whatever he wants. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Pick another world, and you picking this? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you guys are in totally different spots now. Glad I'm in the middle no. between Wait, you. Wait, but that famous butt scene of Tessa <laughs> Sage is in the first arc. So are you sure you're picking the second arc? Yes, I'm picking the second arc. Okay. 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 There's like seven butt shots. Just <laughs> that many? You keep hitting the table. You know what? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. This is my first podcast. Okay. We'll so, forgive you. Uh, my biggest question, like, Extreme X-Men started well, I think. It did. It very strong. Well. I, I Vargas? Art was excellent. Was it? Vargas, yeah. Okay. I think the, the um, villains were the weakest part. I agree. I really enjoyed the red and black costumes. Okay. The costume designs were excellent. My biggest plus for the whole thing was Rogue. She was finally really something. Like, you know, I, I remember Rogue really well from the 90s cartoon, if anything else. That, that's what, what everyone's Rogue was, the Miss Marvels. Or Rogue, Anna Paquin. Right? No one, <laughs> yeah. no one, no no one likes that. No. That's not Rogue. That's anyone Anna else. Paquin. That's so what is Anna Paquin being Anna Paquin. That flying geese movie? What is that? That's, that's <laughs> Flyway Home? Flyway Home. That's Flyway Home with a streak in her hair. Anyways. Oh my god. So we all love that Rogue, but since then we haven't had much of Rogue about past, present, or future. But Rogue in that particular story really sh- shined for me. Okay. The ability that, you know, she woke her up and you now she could use anyone's powers at any given time. Like, unlock everything. They're finally so, doing something with her character. Yeah, exactly. And her power she set. She looked great. She was powerful. Like, you know, ruin her after this arc. Yes. Which we can get into later. But I Didn't her and Gambit have a house? Uh, a bang house? Uh, uh, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. I didn't read that. Yeah, with the crazy tattoos and stuff. But yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, Wait, yeah. is this Chuck Austin? No. no, no it, it was, was Extreme X-Men. Yeah, it was like... Oh, I stopped reading after... They they were depowered yeah, like together in a house. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. We'll get there. But... Not Cordy. It was still by Roca at this point? Lorca wasn't on there no. that long. Oh, no, no. Okay, well, I'll let you, let you continue with yours and not yes. talking about that. But no, I, I love the cast. I love the Rogue. Um, the, the cast overall was okay. Okay. That's a, I, I, that's it's, a it's, ringing well, she, Give us the cast. Tell us what the cast looks like. Well, you had Psylocke, okay. Storm, uh, Beast. Um, Only Gambit for three issues, though, right? Yeah. Beast was gone by the time yeah, your arc Because is... they hurt Beast, and he, that's. Triggered his secondary mutation. Right. Because Sage did it's, some weird mumbo jumbo. Sent him into uh, E for Extinction. Yeah. Like, yeah. We lo- we lo- like, Claremont had the heart on for Sage at the time, and she was in everything he fucking did. Everything. Everything. And Psylocke, uh, of course. And Psylocke, yeah. yeah. He loves Psylocke. Yeah. He loves her. But loves her, ruin her. Uh, he doesn't know what that, to do with that, her. That new Thunderbird, who was whatever. Slipstream Thunderbird, I forgot about that. That was Thunderbird. Neil Shara. Yeah, right. <laughs> the third you Thunderbird. you have a number on your code name? Like, well, Photon, on. Pulsar, Captain Marvel, they have that same issue. Yeah, How many Captain Marvels have we had? Yeah. Is the fourth one now with Carol? I think so. Yeah. Well, Phil Yurk was with the fourth Green Goblin. 
Yes, Lifeguard and Slipstream were a bit over the top, but they, they were neat original characters, at least. Okay. No, no he's not, you're not having any of this. I'm not saying anything. No. <laughs> There they was they something different. They didn't last long anyways. They're gone now. Like They came and left with that they story really pretty did. much. Right? They yep. did. But they, they, they worked for what they needed to do. Right? Okay. okay. Slipstream is probably the worst with the cosmic tel- yeah. surfboard through... Uh, if, you didn't think, if you didn't think Silver Surfer was Why stupid... What is happening? But Lifeguard wasn't too bad. Like, first she was a mini Darwin with the... I didn't like her name. Dar- I, maybe Lifeguard right. is the problem with her. Like her it's name. He's escaping the bottle of the barrel and he called up LaRocca in Spain and was like, what should we call this guy? And he's like, what do you call people who live on the beach? Lifeguards. We'll call her Baywatch or Lifeguards because I was popular at the time. You have to admit, right? This is a Baywatch era so they picked a blonde in a red bathing suit to be a superhero. Yeah, you're right. What? Is it just me? Let Paul express his love. Okay. So the whole, like, Magipur's trapped. They're going to invade the whole world. Uh, other heroes are outside looking and going, well, we got to do this, but we can't do nothing about it. So those heroes in there got to start to save, save the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's all up to them. Uh, Storm just started to, to grow and be a little more powerful and developed her character really well. She was well. a little more cutthroat, wasn't she? She yeah. was, like, she was decisive, yeah. some very difficult decisions to make. Yeah, Bishop she, was cool in this book, yeah. too, actually. Yeah, and Bishop was actually a lot of the fun. The last time Bishop was really them. cool? Exactly, that was another thing. Bishop worked really well, and they had Poor a thing Bishop. going on for a little bit. When should Bishop have died? Bishop, Bishop should have died in Onslaught X-Men. Correct. That's when he should have died. Yes. When he failed his that, purpose. That, that would have been awesome. As we've, we've discussed, he could be a hero offline before. Yeah. Now he's not a hero. He's just a one armed loser a in space somewhere. Loser in the it's future. I just want to kill that girl. What? <laughs> Gotta kill the redhead. Why? Anyway, sorry. Keep distracting no, I, me. I, I, I do, I Imagine him going back to the future, like missing an eye and an arm. It's just like, Bisha, <laughs> what the crap happened? You sure. saved the X Men. Time's been rewritten. We don't even know how we know you, but. What's going on now? What are you going to do the rest of your life? Yeah, sure, I'm going to so go find that redhead yeah. and blow her brains out. What are you talking about? You're just going to be screwed up and a little crazy. Shard, Shard, it would be Shard talking to him, His right? His arm is like, so big. Shard. Shard's just like, <laughs> Shard. You know, I'm, I'm alive now. Well, no, he's created another I'm parallel universe. So where's he going to go? He's going to make uh, his crappy one. So she could be like, I'm not dead. I'm not a, I'm not a photonic <laughs> I'm not, entity I'm not anymore. I'm a hologram anymore. I'm real. With a mullet. Thanks for doing What did you do to yourself? Sorry. So anyways, Ella Field from X Men Second Arc. Um, one want... of the few Claremont things overall I've ever enjoyed. Yeah, because you don't yeah, really like Claremont. No, I'm not a big fan of, of some of this But stuff. you were nodding when I talked about Mean Genesis. Do you yes. enjoy Mean Genesis? Yes, yes, okay, yes. so between Mean Genesis, nothing, and then <laughs> Extreme. No, I'm actually on the page with him. No, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, I don't even talk about the Neo. And um, I like the premise of the book in general with the Destiny Diaries. That was but, cool. Yeah, that yeah, was, was a good premise. Yeah, Excellent exactly. premise. Great idea. idea. <laughs> Anything with it. Because no, Claymont exactly. cannot keep things in well, his brain. Exactly. He gets new ideas. He's like, what did want him to use No diaries. But they didn't really want him to use it, though. Like, look at what was going on at that time. There was no place for that. That was the only thing that was interesting. I know. They made up the book for that, but then they basically they changed the entire X Men universe around it. You're reading Morrison's I know exactly. Or the anime what other choice do you have? Right? I, I understand that, but it it it, it would have been better if it if it was in in it, an era when it could function with the other books. It was was it the only other book you were reading? X Men X Men Unlimited at this time. I was reading X Men Unlimited on my poll list and Extreme. That's all I had on my poll list for X Men. Really? Is that the same thing with you? Paul, well, I, I, I suffered through and got the. You did have that. the others. Did yeah. you have everything else? I dro- I dropped everything. I dropped else. Morrison. In the middle, of, I think the second. Yeah, or third so to arc. me, I and I, I dropped Uncanny X Men after issue four or five or so. I think it was the, after the Nuffset issue, after the X Corps thing. I was done. Oh, I didn't even make it that far. You didn't even make it that far. Uh, Paul, do you want to talk about the art at all for this? Because it's very, 
important to talk about for extreme. Yeah. No, Lorca's are beautiful in this. I, I bought it one of the reasons I was hooked is, on it. Is it your favorite art. version of Lorca's art? Because... Absolutely. Reading, reading oh, yeah, absolutely. Invisible Iron Man now is a disappointment in comparison. Yeah. I get his, he's evolved and artists change and do this kind of stuff and that's fine. You should fire his colorist. But no, evolved usually means you get better. Evolved doesn't <laughs> no, mean that you He's devolved. I can give you the same example uh, for, for, for Transformers. You had Don Figueroa who did this beautiful lithograph I have hanging on my wall. Beautiful art, very, uh, very nice, modern, yet somewhat still cartoonishly G1. When I did a recent relaunch in IDW, he totally changed everyone, very, very mechanical. It's like G1 Transformers meet the movie, and, oh. and, and uh, not quite so deformed, but very, very mechanical. Like when their mouths open, you can see. Is that a problem with his new them. style that he's adopted, or is that a problem with his art? Because I think LaRocca hasn't evolved in style at all. I think LaRocca has just stopped caring. He's sloppier. Yeah, a he lot of his, his faces are just like, there's a face. Well, yeah, but you look at his art, though. Look, his background suffer. True, but I think his art's very detailed, and I think he's try- they're pushing him to do things faster now. And that's why yeah, I think it could be a schedule. Well, I think he also doesn't have passion. I think he's lost passion. It looks like he's lost passion. Part of it might also be that he's doing he's doing Iron Man in a very photorealist, photorealistic kind of way. Like, he's trying to make the characters look more realistic and not as fantastical. Like, if you look at Tony, he looks washed out, first of all. But he doesn't look... Does that make sense? The book like, has no personality. Okay. Well, I just I, feel like I can he's, see that he's Lorca, lost but a lot yeah. over the years. Anyway, I, I don't want to okay. move on to Iron Man, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just, for people who have not read this book, it was one of the first times I saw pencils without inks. And it yep. was something they were trying, something new, and they said, look, if we just color, because we have this computer coloring thing we can and do. And the coloring was brilliant. Yeah. And it yeah. really made his, and that's why I think he should fire his current colors and get someone well, new. Well, these are the days so of I think early, it would flush them out better. Uh, of new computer coloring. And Liquid being the dominant colorist of the day. Are company. they the colorist on them? On a I don't, I don't recall. But, but, but what I want to say is that Liquid was very shiny and bright colors and no real sense of um, tones or shades no. or, or somber colors. It was always bright. And this book did something different and it looked, it popped and yeah. there was something there is quite nuance to be in said. The color, yeah. yeah, for sure. And to the character designs, art. again, the costumes again, the red and the black. They're actually really cool designs. And I actually agree I like with Strong's you. costume. I love that version of Rogue's costume. You're right. Because she was... Cause, I like when she has a little black jacket on. Because a, a year or two earlier, they had tried to make her leader of a, of a team when Claremont was writing and it was, it was her leading one team and, and Gambit leading the other. It was terrible. Yeah. This actually felt like she could have been the leader. But I feel Silex's costume suffered the most. I don't like the garter belts. I don't. I think Silex's costume is perfect the way Jim did, designed it, and I don't. I didn't. But everything else is good. No, hers well. was fine. They just came with red Speaking of when Rogue was actually cool, uh, <laughs> this image pops to mind in that that scene where she pops the claws. Remember yeah, that? And she's yeah, just yeah, yeah. cutting everyone to pieces. Yeah. That's one of the moments where I was like, holy crap, they really need it this time. Yeah. They're going to unleash Rogue and let her do what she wants. Exactly. And, and then, then there wasn't a moment after that nope. where she's like, oh, I'm going to pass out. She was great. And she just took out everyone. Exactly. They never did anything with her, really. That was, I know. That was, but that was at that meaningful. moment, yeah. I just thought it was drawn very well. LaRocca gave me her nice kind of skinny, kind of almost feminine, yeah. thin bone claws, which is perfect. And yeah. she just went to town on them. Exactly. So it gave you a fanboy yeah. moment. You were like, holy crap, yeah, this is did. awesome. Exactly. Because the only other time that Rogue did something fun was when uh, Peterson drew her for the all-new, all-different X-Men storyline, which was uh, terrible prior to Search for Xavier. And uh, she she kisses, like, Nightcrawler and Colossus. (laughs) She kisses everyone there and then just goes to town on them. I actually kind of liked how they did that, yeah. And I remember because you had the narration going in her head of of all the different people she had absorbed. That was another point, a highlight for her, but since then... Yeah, not much. All right, my number three is X-Men 110. Uh... 
This is the. Oh, yeah. I, I I was going back and forth, and if I should include X, Uncanny X Men three ninety with it, I decided it wasn't actually that good of an issue on its own, which is Colossus's death. But one ten is what I told you. I've been telling you for years. What the, it, I, I I think the last three pages of that book are what make that book for me. Whereas the rest of it really, and I say it's I, a weird pickup game of basketball. Weird craps happening in the background. Adam and I have been back and forth for this for years. Pretty much ever since I knew Adam, um, and uh, I've always contended that ever since I read that issue, it felt cheap. It felt too sudden, it felt uncharacteristic, and it felt like he just wanted to rush it out in one issue. And Adam has said, I think it's a good issue, it's meaningful, it has something to say. The moment to itself, say. Again, the issue isn't good, and that's why I And now, for list. the first time in five years, I'm learning that he really just meant those last three pages. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, he concedes the rest of it's pretty I crappy. Do, I do concede the rest of it isn't really that good, but the moment where he gives his life, and, and just when he's like, you know, Uncoming Snowflake, and... That 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 oh, was. Yeah. It's because one of my first Uncanny X Men issues I remember reading was the death of Ileana, and I, that was always very strong for me. So it was a nice tie into that, which happened in like almost eighty seven. The, if they had spent the issue doing that tie, like been, making con- I connections to that tie, or making it felt sudden in the issue, but it was just like I found the cure. But we gotta kill someone. But the only way to, to get the cure out to which everyone is, such a... is to inject it into someone <laughs> as a host, and then that person has to die, and then the cure will go to everybody. Yeah, it's kind just. Of in the air. <laughs> that Did being you make said. an aerosol spray beast? No. <laughs> we have to kill someone. And so he's like, I, I don't know. I'm clearly put, clearly this is a crappy plan. I'm clearly this is stupid. So I'm going to go in the next room but, and talk but, uh, anyway. to someone about this. <laughs> Moira. And say, we'll figure out how we can make this aerosol First spray. Of all, okay. And Colossus goes... See you later, Beast. Well, grabs it off the shelf and goes, I'll be a hero. See you later, Snowflake. Bam. First of all, the end. she's already dead. Who? Moira? Yeah, Moira, whatever. Moira yeah. just died. Anyways. I know. Uh, uh, why does he go to another room? Tell me why he goes to another room. Who cares? Dramatic, he's a, dramatic effect. He's going to get a sandwich. Okay. okay. I'll cons- uh, I've already, I'm, that's not even the issue. As Peter. It's not even the issue I'm talking about. You're right. Forgive so me. So I'm talking about X-Men 110, which is a Shadowcat issue. Shadowcat hadn't really been around in a while. Um, and it's her taking Colossus's ashes back to the collective who used to live in Russia and then just spreading them. And it's it's told in the form of a letter that she's writing to Xavier basically saying, I'm leaving the X-Men. I wanna, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to have my own life. I don't want to be part of this anymore. It's ruined my best friend. It, he's dead now. It's a great thing has happened because of him that all these people will never have to lose their sisters and their family to this disease. But I lost my, be- like my best friend. And it's a nice retrospective. You see, like how he handled Ileana dying, and how they comforted each other. And it's a very emotional issue. Uh, it's great. Got a great ending. Well, the actual end of the issue is terrible because suddenly the Neo show up and there's a hair. Is but. this Churchill? I don't know actually who did the cover art. Sorry, guys. I'm Put it underneath the up. table and then take that. Yeah, that's not really going to help with that today. Oh. Uh, it was Mario sixty four ad on the back there. Yeah, like that. That's how you know you're watching, you're seeing a piece of history. Yeah, oh, this is not. This is Lionel. The interior is by Lionel Francis. You. Yeah. Um, who actually wrote it? Was Lobdell, right? Lobdell. Scott Lobdell, which is surprising. It's so solid and so colors. Liquid graphics. It was liquid. No, Anyways. it's liquid with an exclamation point. My bad. So I, I, I love this issue. It's very heartfelt. It felt very genuine. If this had been the last time I'd seen Shadowcat as a character, I would have been okay with that. Um, yeah, Editor-in-Chief. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's Forget weird. how long he was Editor-in-Chief. Yeah. Joe, I'm sorry, I just turned to the first page. Joe Quesada is Editor-in-Chief. This was very early in Joe's what, year. Uh, year what, what, what year is publishing is this? Look it up for us. 2001. 2001. Yeah, brand new. Well, because what issue is it? It's four, uh, 114 is the first issue of Morrison's run. So you're right before yeah. the horrible, what was, I forget the name I, of the story. I, I just forgot that Scott Lobdell worked under Casada's tenure. That doesn't I seem right, them, eh? I separate them, but they did. 
Yep. Uh, it's right, that's why I loved it a lot. So this is right before Eve of Destruction, which was horrible. Um, but this is a great story. It was a nice send off. Everything about that was bad. Most of it was. Labdell's art. Not Labdell. We'll talk about. Lionel's, that. Lionel's art was good. I liked his art. But and then so there's a nice splash page where she you know spreads the ashes. Um, that is not it. That is a lot of ads. Uh, really good issue. Really strong. I've always loved it. Um, maybe the death itself wasn't so great, but the send off was. Um, that's it. now Didn't obviously. Did they bring this up in Whedon's? The uh, kind of I, I forget. I forget the. She's like, I spread your ashes. ashes. Yeah. yeah, and he's like. Wasn't was, wasn't me. Shrugs. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like, wasn't me. I, 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 I was, <laughs> ashes that I spread in Siberia. Yeah, it's on your old homeland. Like I've just Willie ruined Lumpkin. it. Yeah. <laughs> Where is oh, Willie Lumpkin? This issue, yeah. listeners, introduces the Neo. At the Doesn't end. introduce. This is the last. Ver- oh, is this, it? He kills half the Neo. Oh, Magneto does. Yeah, because no one wanted. Okay. Like, what? So That's most of the issue is great. The last four pages, not so much. Just pretend it didn't happen. But the rest of it, absolutely fantastic. I'll read it. Uh, Isn't that again great about this era that you can? That yeah. One of your favorite issues is sullied by what the Claremont Neo. was doing at the time. Yeah. Well, Labdell was wrapping it up. I know because Claremont wouldn't. <laughs> they got rid of it because Claremont. They brought him in. They paid him a lot of money. They wanted Claremont to come back in and take over a lot the X Men. Yeah. It was a big deal. He's returning to the X Men. Oh my goodness! The Savior's returned. He'll bring us back to the Golden Age. He brings out this bull, right? The Neo, the and Neo. no one enjoys it, and they just. Quickly departs. Yeah, it and the bell nice. goes. Oh man, you know, killed them. They didn't yeah. have to show this. They could have just told us <laughs> over the radio. <laughs> no. Over the radio, and what? I would not be a short change. What radio station are you listening to? They're just gonna announce it one day. In, Kitty's in Siberia. Beast is in the Quin in the Quinjet. <laughs> Quinjet in the Blackbird. Oh, <laughs> Magneto killed the Neo. Don't have to hurry back to the Blackbird. Take your time. Have some borscht. See his go- his babcha for a meal. Take it easy. Yeah. When we get back, no Neo, nothing really to do. Okay. The Destiny Diaries, we don't know where they are. <laughs> We're not really doing that anymore either. No, not really. All right, so that is that was X Men One Ten. That's my number three. Uh, it's a big hair. Do I get that out for me? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Nate, when we go up to you for uh, we're going to count down. We're up to our number two. <laughs> this is. I thought this would take less time. Are uh, you kidding me? Have you, you met us? Have you met you? I don't you know really you like are. pontificating. I've tried to be as, as short as possible. All right, let's get let's let's, let's do this nineties goodness all the way. <laughs> well, uh, uncanny num- X Men three forty one to three fifty. Really, impressive! Oh my goodness! Yeah, yes. was well, because Joe Mad or it's Joe Mad. It is Scott Lobdell. Somehow he wrote things that were fun. <laughs> when I first read the issue where uh, you know Christmas issue. Uh, cannonballs shopping. Yep. Looking for probably Mario 64, the hottest <laughs> game of the time. Punisher meets him on the street, gives him a dirty look. Such a great, like, blink and you miss it. Like, somehow, Gladiator comes to kill everyone. <laughs> and and Cannonball gives him the coup de gras, right? Yeah, that was the best thing Cannonball's ever done. He, he could have just... He survives a fight, which lasted was like three punches. Yeah. But still, anyone who can last three go, three rounds with Gladiator was yeah. pretty impressive. That's Absorb what... his punch. Yeah. Redirect the kinetic energy back at him with his shield, which he's never done again. Nope. Um, and then... He forgot how. He, he waits until Gladiator doubts himself, because he punches him with all his... He says, I'm going to send you to the heart of the sun. And yeah. punches him with all his might, which is substantial. And and Guthrie's like, "That's all you got." And then he just like crumbles. He loses it now because uh, Matt is beautiful because he's very stylized, but he's not a good storyteller. So there's no actual moment where he depicts the face of Gladiator. Um, I mm. wish he did, but anyway, 
we're told that it happens. Yeah, because Matt doesn't depict it, nope. and then he punches him with a haymaker and sends him into a you know a, a heap. That was great. And then uh, the X Men are out shopping and having fun. And there's a side storyline with Joseph, who's a terrible character, but at the time I loved it. And he creates a machine that's bigger than Manhattan to hover over Rogue and give her a kiss on the forehead. Yep. Which was very sweet. And Doesn't I, make any sense. But you know what? I had great hope. It, it was nice, though, that they led up to this. Because in storylines beforehand, you saw Joseph making something in the X-Mansion. That's true. What was yeah. that? Oh, making a machine. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're new to the team. <laughs> We're just going to let you do the that. The DNA of Magneto. You're making a machine in the basement. Carry on. That's a great uh, idea. Was... When was this? Is this let's, let's take a, a break. We'll we take a to. quick break, okay. and we'll be back shortly. Although it will be seem instantaneous to the viewers or reader, uh, and we're back. Thank you for your patience. Your patience during this non-actual, no, you know, no time. time. Lost, this no time is actually lost. So you were talking about three forty-one. Okay, I, I was just talking about it, not because the issue itself uh, it was good. It, it, this issue started. My apologies off. to cut you off. Yeah. When did this happen in the context of the timeline? Post is there a time? Uh, pre onslaught. Pre onslaught. No. Yeah, isn't it? No. No, it's post. You're right, it is post. It has post. to be post, Yeah, because Joseph was just introduced she because they, they go to deal with Onslaught, and Rogue shows up, and she's like, I brought this guy with me. Yeah. And it's it's Joseph. Okay. It's, and it's then they pre-Operation Zero Tolerance, and then, like, enduring, because he went 341 to 350, Operation Zero Tolerance. Yes, because 340 three, was a big Operation Zero Tolerance kind of lead three, uh, tie-in. Because it's yes, a, it was. It's a and then 347 was an actual tie-in. Okay. Yeah. So it's right around that era. Okay. But this was the X, uh, X-Men book I read at the time. It was my pull box. I read it every month. I couldn't wait. If I would, could come every week and read this book, I would. I was in love with Joe Mad's art at the time. Um, in some ways, I still am, but he's far from my favorite artist now. Uh, it was just a great storyline of Rogue, the love triangle with her and Gambit and Joseph. And I was very much into Rogue and Gambit at the time again. And um, As I was saying with this issue, with, with this doomsday device that he makes uh, hovering over her head and gives her a kiss on the forehead, I thought at this point that this could lead to them developing even some sort of technology that could be a crutch for her so she could touch people. They never explored it. Never. Um, But they go into space, which is always good for X-Men storylines. That great cover with Joseph on the cover and he's like moving stuff around. It's like Into the Void. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a classic cover. Uh, or the one with the fighting the phalanx, and you got Beast is like in that weird jumpsuit. And he's got all about jumpsuits. We got him. We're got, we got to fight him. Joe Mann, who drew part of the phalanx covenant before this, decided he didn't want to draw those phalanx anymore, and he was going to draw anime phalanx. So he designs a new phalanx creature, which never gets seen again. They look cool. They look cool at the time. Um, and so they have a fun storyline with that, and they have the team working together, lost in space, and they all get new suits and. She are mining suits, which apparently are super sexy. Very and sexy. <laughs> and all look different. And Trish Tilby yeah, Trish 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 gets poured into a suit, too. Wow, yeah. Yeah, they have a little romance up there in space. Because um, if you hang out with the X-Men, you got to look hot. And then, <laughs> like, that's and just then, the rule. Morgan McTaggart could tell her, you know. And they have the whole thing where Rogue and Gambit, it leads up to the storyline where they, off-panel, apparently have sex for the first time. Because they get yes. depowered in, when they're in prison. When, when they come home. Yeah, when they and then, come home. And it's like, we have a night space. together, and this yeah. could be our one night. Yeah. And then was, it, I remember that. And it was then really strong. she cradles her in his arms, and then it goes to black, right? So you go, you know, you infer. That was actually a pretty good go to black, too. Like, it was uh, a nice kind of end of the moment. Rather than the classic 90s uh, intimacy moment where they grapple <laughs> with each other and usually grab each other by the back of the head or the cheek or the jaw and just merge their faces together. Now, to, to give context, he's talking about Cable number 20, which is part of Legion Quest. Because we I know, but t- Cable had grabbed Domino and it was like molesting her, just pulling her forward. And also Gambit was Multiple doing the same thing yes. to Rogue. And, yep. 
right before X Men Forty One. Yeah, so uh, to give some context to why he, this, was this is on his head, this isn't just randomly coming to your mind. This, and this then is this led up to the uh, the trial of Gambit and the big reveal of his secret, which this is an honorable mention that I had made or will make. But I did enjoy the storyline post AOA. Where they had the field, the road trip with uh, Bobby and Rogue, where they go to Seattle, you know, because she has something in her head that she got from Gambit that is sinister in nature. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, Creed is in the mansion at the time, and he was, you know, he he's stuck in his prison there, and he's threatening to reveal Gambit's sinister secret. Anyway, and we they, finally get did, to, did they even know at that said, time? I think did the writers? I don't think I the think, writers. Knew. I think that well, I think that they were going to connect it to sinister. I don't know if they knew what they were. going to Yeah, because it's like a year and a half. Spoilers, Gambit. Gambit put together the Marauders and led them into the tunnels then cr- and started them with the And massacre. no one cares about that anymore. No. But at the time... Because they left a, him in the Arctic and yeah. he lived. And so that Rogue, was enough. Go, Rogue flips out and, and leaves him in the Arctic, yeah. And then when he comes back, they deal with it. But at the time, it was just it was just elevating everything because it was Plus very Plus the thing revealed that Magneto was still alive and Joseph wasn't Magneto. Yeah, sure. Who's Eric the Red? Um, I know, but that was a big at the time. Was I know, like, I what know, the hell? I understand. Like, um, we thought Joseph was Magneto. In He's intervening not. time, a lot of other things happened. But I just remember being uh, swept along for the ride. Joe Mad Art loved it. Very little substance, but lots of flash. Um, Liddell dialogue, which again, very little substance, but tons oh. of flash. But I was just a teenager, and I wasn't smart enough to realize. But I, I remember it very fondly. And I would not recommend this to someone reading now, but you asked my favorites, and I this was a great time for me collecting X Men. And after this, my interest just started to dwindle more and more because it wasn't wasn't more of the same, or it didn't really pick up on these. This was your high water, your high water mark in a lot of ways. This really was, and I readily admit that the Whedon run is far and away much better. But there was just something about this era that I mean, and running concurrently was um, or consecutively was with the X-Men books and they were drawn by Andy Kubert and Adam Kubert was on pencils on Wolverine and it was just like oh that was great okay do you know Paul did you read this era of Uncanny like were you reading at this time did you read The Trial of Gambit yes I, I read all that kind of stuff okay my memory's very hazy from it because it's all like read at the time and then, then threw it in the box kind of thing okay. so and it wasn't as immersed into comics then than I am now. Okay, that's um, fair. I absorb it a lot more now than I did then. Um, I remember, again, it really stuck out at me back then. Um, I would I would know. Okay. But, uh, Were you reading I, a I lot of comics at the time? Or, like, how many titles? No, strictly uh, X-Books for okay. the most part. Um, and Wolverine. Okay. Sounds like we were all kind of in the same boat there. Yeah. That this, I mean, this was this is the main X. Yeah, this and X Men. I, I I remember buying, and I like this one because the X Men one was kind of weird during this period because you had that there was like a two part arc with I think uh, I want to say Kandra, and you had like do you remember this yeah. and like uh, they had the cover with like Juggernaut and Storm and I didn't really care what was going on like it was yeah. it was cool but it was kind of like really where's it going? They had the issue it was like roughed up by Hercules. And it had, like, Beast holding down Bishop. Hey, that's all post-Onslaught stuff, and it's, that is an honorable mention for me. Yeah, it, I like it's, the it's a good, it's a good period, but in comparison to the Uncanny stuff, it just didn't hold a candle to it. Because uh, it, it wasn't a Joe Mad. It was true. still good, it was know, still not that, the same. That Joe Mad issue, post-Onslaught, where they're all in the mansion, and they're all just, like, trying to oh, make uh, sense of what's going 337. on. 337. Yeah. Yeah, um, great issue. That is a great issue. And a lot of that home stuff and dealing with... And, and they do the same thing in X-Men, again, with Hercules coming in. You liked it, you liked it because uh, Beast was in the shower, and he was like, trying to get out of the... Because he fell in the shower or something. Do you remember that? He was in the shower. He was in the shower. Didn't... Maybe... Uh, I said was screw with everybody. So, yeah. No, he always does that. He usually he likes to mess with Rogue when she jumps into the pool. Yeah. So that's just what that's how he rolls. Yeah, no, I, it's, I, it's weird too because a lot of my favorite 
villains or characters that, you know, um, Sinister and Juggernaut, they're not even really in this whole run. You don't see a lot of them at all. Uh, Sabretooth you get a little bit of, but that, that was well before this. Yeah, it was, the Crimson there's Dog a lot of different line. stuff. So Especially with my the favorite stuff. villains aren't really, yeah, like the Phalanx aren't my favorite villain, and, and Joseph I didn't really care about, and... I don't know why. I just, just put your characters in places that you like seeing them. Yeah, though. I think it and was, it was just, illustrated beautifully. I think it was right time, right place kind of thing. X Men also had at this point um, that weird legacy virus storyline in Japan, and then Kingpin was brought back, and he hadn't been in the in any books in quite some time. That was like the big reveal, and it was really kind of. I and you had, had Shang Chi, so I didn't like that stuff nearly as much as as the Uncanny. So this Uncanny was definitely much better at that time. Yeah. This is this is later. I was I was saying that this lined up with the Cooper brothers on the X Men books, but it doesn't. No. They were before this. I think it's Pachico. Yeah, Pacheco. it is. Yeah, uh, because the, the... because that three part arc in uh, Japan was like sixty one to sixty four or sixty. But I still identify all that. In yeah, the no, I, era. I get you. Yeah. Okay, your top uh, your second pick, Paul. Two. Um, Where's your list? Okay, I don't see it. Um, so I'm gonna bundle these two kind of stories together. They're major stories. We're not bundled together because... Um, can I cry foul on you like you guys yeah, did I mean, for me on AOA and Legion Quest? Like, you can do that if you want to. Oh, I will. I'm preparing. They're, they're, they're one big thing at the end of the day. Okay. It's all part of one big, big, big story. My, my, so my just justification on Legion Quest is that Legion Quest is in the Age of Apocalypse prelude trade. And so it's kind of all the same thing. Okay. You can't have it with one without the other. They're considered two separate stories, but I'm going to just bundle it in. Because after... I don't know if suffering is a fair way to say it, but after having to, to go through a lot of very mediocre X-Men stuff for a long time, we finally, uh, in recent memory, we finally got somewhere which I enjoyed, and I'm going to bundle in um, Messiah Complex and Second Coming. Wow. Okay, interesting. Are these in a particular okay. order, Paul? Like, mine aren't in any order, but is this, like, your number two, or do you know, no? Uh, sure. Let's, let's call that for now. Okay. okay, you clearly don't care. Like, <laughs> you say it's, sure, on like that. it's on the list. Whatever. Yeah. It's in your top five. Whatever. Well, it's it, there. It is under my number one, so we can call my number two. That's, that's what we call Okay. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that's generally how it works, matter. you know. Number yeah. one and then number two? Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, um, this, again, I'm a big fan of these self-contained events within the corner of the universe. Okay. Um, Which the X-Men have been for at least ten years. Yeah. So the X Men did a, the X Men. I think the X Office did a great job putting these books together. I thought all the pieces um, fit well. I don't think there was too much in the way of wasted opportunities. Is um, there a reason why you're not mentioning Mazai um, um, War in the middle there? It was a trilogy, a terrible like. Is that what they were trying to do? That's what it was supposed to be. I know. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Was not that's good. not. Can, you know how usually the second part is the yeah. best. Not in this mm-hmm. case. We can talk about the worst later. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, Forget about it. so yeah, but those two, you know, it was given the X Men finally some kind of sense and direction. Maybe they started to bounce back from decimation finally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the big the big hunt for the baby Cable coming in, coming back, um, and being the, the the badass soldier Cable that a lot of people love and hiding enjoy. Writing hiding on his island. Yeah, yeah, or dying nonsense. down in the middle of his island during yeah. supernovas. He dies all the time. Yeah. yeah, he does like to die. Yeah, he does. He dies more than Deadpool. He dies more than Gene. He dies and comes back more than Gene. Gene, Gene has only died happen. and come back twice. Gene has never died and come back. Oh, yeah. Technicalities. Um, you see Cyclops continue his evolution as an overall character, uh, becoming, you know, the character he is today. My wife has come to rip her boobs on my arm. 
to um, snafu the. Where's my wife? What's going on? <laughs> Please continue. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. That's a derailing, all right. Um, That's a derailing. Yeah. So, guys read comics, never get wives. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hot wives. We're all married. Yeah. Even until now. Way left, third out there. But comics did not prepare us for actual boobage because all the <laughs> physics or the depictions of boobs in comics have been completely misrepresented. Yes, absolutely. Real boobs are better, first of all. But yep. second of all, like, what's going on with those artists, man? Like, I don't understand. Women's backs are broken. <laughs> Routinely, they're they spine. But at the same time, yeah. their spines don't. Yeah, yeah. Their that, cages will that cover of Catwoman yeah. Zero, where Catwoman's doing that weird, like, her body's like this. Ugh. Like you can see her ass, or it's quite grotesque. The really, shot, a lot of it, and she's still looking at you, and like I don't even know how they want to do a course on the grotesque in modern Americana, you know, art. <laughs> they could go do a lot of the early comic stuff. Yeah, oh, definitely. Sorry, anyway. please anyway. continue. So yeah, we start off with a good start with the baby, and then we follow it up with the return. Uh, they come back, everything's changed all of a sudden because lots of nonsense happened in between. Oh yeah. Um, the only unfortunate part was the the in between because you never really got. You know, you'd think, okay, let me read this cable book because cable took hope into the future, mm-hmm. and you know, this is how you're gonna get to learn more about this character. Yeah, and evolution of the character, right? We can. Didn't really it, happen. It didn't really happen. Yeah. He liked it. They liked um, it. I like. I like elements. You like the concept more than I the, hate the bishop stuff. Yeah. The first yeah. few trades I found were readable of cable. After that, it became the Olivetti art there. wasn't readable, but once Olivetti left, it was yeah. much better. The only thing I liked about the first arc was. That one shot issue of Cyclops thinking about like why aren't they back yet, and and that was the only real I think that was the only real glimpse we ever got into Cyclops wondering yeah, exactly. how is it going, and yeah. that was so good. That was the issue that made me think maybe I should stick around, maybe this will be worthwhile. And then yeah. the next arc was terrible, but like that issue was like that is really cool. Like he sent his, his this hope of the mutant race with his son into the future. Why aren't they back yet? Why shouldn't they be back yet? And yeah. him getting so antsy and like he's he's trying to lead them towards this better tomorrow, and he. Why aren't they here? It was yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, overall, I'd say it was a wasted opportunity. And um, even though I like things about it, I think that um, it squandered. So then, once so the middle's not so great. The middle's not getting to the second. Sorry, the end of the of the trilogy. Yeah, and then the, you love the, second. Yeah, coming. I think second coming uh, put it all together well. The, the whole Bastion attack worked really well. So, uh, you know, putting a dome around San Francisco. Uh, you know, I actually think that AVX would have worked better as the third part in some ways because it's it's Hope's story. Start with Hope's birth. It, it's actually if you look at it as a trilogy, maybe it's almost better to look at it as uh, Messiah Complex, then Second Coming, ignore the Messiah War, yeah, and then go right to AVX because that is her character arc. In those three arcs. Fair, so, yeah. so that's actually more of a, a trilogy, yeah. per se, because she's a focal point in each one in a different way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I personally didn't really like Second Coming. Messiah Compass, I thought, was brilliant. I think you're right. It had a really great... Yeah, like, Especially when um, when, they're, when uh, Cable's racing to Forge's place. Like, There's so much going on. Like, You really feel like they're hunting, and it's so fast-paced. And like, this, is, this is a movie. Yeah. This is a movie I would watch, and I would love it. If sure. they animated this... like, I like D- DC of, um... makes so many good animated movies. If only Marvel could do the same thing and adapt really good stories like this. Like, DC has some good Marvel movies, uh, animated movies. DC does. I'm saying I wish Marvel... No, had... Marvel does. I'm sorry. What did I say? That are <laughs> not... <laughs> Not, not as closely, no, yes. not as closely adapted from original story. Like storyline was quite good. He, yes, but to change the ending and that ruined it for me. You just take Beta Ray Bill, don't you? I, I love Beta Ray Bill, so don't even go there. <laughs> but so yeah, um, so as I come, I totally agree with you. I think that's brilliant. I'm surprised that Second Coming is on your list because I thought that was kind of a weak. Sentinels is not new. It just kind of and Hope is so nebulous. I don't mind and, that Sentinels aren't new. I just don't feel like it hit 
I, I felt like the, every Sentinel was a throwaway. It was just every time they defeated one, which was an impossible Sentinel to defeat, there was another one coming through the next gateway. It reminded me of uh, uh, no no end to them, and so nothing was ever a victory because yeah, there was no no end in sight. It, it kind of reminded me of the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they're building up these new demon slayers, and they're so difficult, and it's so hard for her to beat one. And a couple of episodes later, they're all just killing them left, right, and center. And it's easy. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, it's simple, and that's kind of what it is with the Sentinels. It's supposed to be the, the best Sentinels ever, and it should be a struggle. And then suddenly, they're just taking them all. Yeah, because years earlier, when they took on their only Nimrod, it took them forever. And, and then the, when Nimrod goes after the new X-Men, the kids later on, it's like a whole arc about how difficult this is for one Nimrod. And these are like super Nimrod bastion things. And Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that. It's but not that I, bad, because it's, it's still good. I just, yeah. But I, I like Messiah Complex a lot. I love that Deathstrike was back. I like that they brought in yeah. the whole religious zealots, and then they just started there killing were, them. There were parts <laughs> of that yeah, storyline that I thought were silly. Uh, like with the, with the Marauders and stuff, but oh, the, and Predator Axes, I'm never a huge fan. But the overall, it just made you. Uh, you're right. It made you feel like something exciting was happening. Exactly. Something. Finally. It was. Yeah. It, it was that new kick like, in the pants. Was the last big, kind of collected story like this. It wasn't execution. Execution or something was it? Well, Before this? Oh, that wasn't like Onslaught like, or any of those. No, or? no, no. Yeah, that's that's the universe thing. I guess it was Executioner Song. Was it Executioner Song? There's just X Men like that. What year was yeah. that? 93? Yeah. yeah. What a huge gap. Exactly. That's why it was exciting. It was like, wow, we exactly. get these again. I remember exactly. when these used to be fairly yeah, the, regular. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and you got it basically every week, right? Yeah. Because there's, you kept reading, a, yeah. you couldn't wait for the next installment. It was great. Exactly. It really made you excited. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why it bundles second time with Messiah Complex. This is a whole, right, sure. okay. it just all works together. And it, it's given, you know, now obviously after AVX, it'll be a whole new facelift to yeah. That might be why I don't enjoy Second Coming as much because it didn't feel like it was leading anywhere. Because it felt like they were wrapping things up but it wasn't really a wrap up. Like, I guess... I still don't care where the Hope storyline's gone after this. I don't... Or during us or... Yeah. There's so I much... I felt like that was... I don't... They, did, they didn't have a plan for her. They didn't they have a plan for They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing in the Mutant Messiah. And I feel like even that we asked about the Gambit Sinister thing with with uh, Seattle. They may not have known everything, but they seem to know a lot more than this. They seem to have an idea, and but they may or may not have changed it as they it went on. Hope was no more like this is a really cool idea, Mutant Messiah. Nah, we don't know and what then her anything companions about her. she travels with. I don't care. Oh, the five lights. Look, you oh. demutanted Blob, and I love Blob. <laughs> and now he's like some loose skin weirdo hanging out. Well, now you got uh, the the uh, uh, blue blob. girl, AOA Blob. Yeah. I know. With his weird tattoos everywhere. What an interesting turn of events that is. This brought not only did people said let's shun the '90s for a while because the '90s were excessive and suddenly, ex- and suddenly they were everywhere. Now they're importing '90s characters that only existed in '90s pocket universes directly into my, like by the dozens. Yeah, you Nightcrawler and Blob. It's just it's okay. And the the Ice Man that they had to kill. Yep, they wrote Ice Man into. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we cut you off is again. Because AOA is better than everything else now that they have to use those. Well, it's because people are, who are starting to start. Well, it's, it, it always happens. People the are starting creators to write. aren't fans of AOA. They were not teenagers or kids at the time of AOA. No, they still love to love their '70s stuff and some of their '80s stuff. Well, that's also the editorial directive because Tom Brevoort's still there. I like Tom Brevoort. He is, but, but he's been Alonso, there. For, he's been there for hugging like more years. Dark Knight Returns than he's hugging. That's true. Like Joe Quesada, yeah. you know, everything's got to be dark and awesome and gritty. And Peter can't have a wife. Uh, no, he cannot. All right, uh, my second favorite X Men story. As uh, X Men Thirty, Wedding of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. 
That's right. Look at that dress. I went there. I did it. Look at that. Look at that dress. Look at that skin tight. Look, look at that cover. Look at that cover. Look at that gate. It's actually a fairly pretty wedding dress, but it's, it's, it's also very X Men. See, dominant. if this was de- like, I remember when they did Storm's wedding to Black Panther. It's like, ooh, they got a real designer. Design that was kind of silly and cool. Silly and cool, yeah. But like, you know, this is you know, this just felt right. Um, I always enjoyed this issue. It doesn't need to ha- like doesn't need to be. A- what I like about this is that there is no villain. Like, there really is no conflict. Havoc's his own villain. Havoc's his own villain. Like, Turns down Lorna. Yeah. Look. Come on, man. Yeah. Hot green-haired girl. <laughs> if they were hot green-haired girls, I'm yeah. tapping on the table, friend. Like, like the, and actually, my copy, I still have the, the nice insert cards. Yeah. Um, all the Onslaught cards I took out. The Onslaught Overpower cards. Oh, yeah. They oh, have yeah? empty packages. Oh, yeah. I, I guess the, the, only, the only bit of conflict in it is... Uh, Sabretooth is stalking at the edges. I love Sabretooth. And he's having that weird face manacle. I'm so manacle. glad he's back. And then, I know he's got that face And he's muscle. all like, he's thinking about it, and then he gets like, he just hears something, and, and he looks around and he's like, don't, don't even, even think about it. In the snow. Like, what did you pee it there? Like, and how quickly? He's he a little this? bit nerfed here, because Sabretooth's supposed to be this wild cage animal no one can contain him, but for several issues, they contained him quite nicely. And then whenever he thought about doing something, Wolverine's there. But uh, don't uh, even think about it. But. And, but a lot of ridiculous stuff happens in this book, but it's fun. It's cheesy, but they know I'm it. I'm very surprised that and, this is on your list. But yeah. not poo-pooing it. No. I, very I enjoy... I, I, again, it's it's one of those comfort issues. I just... I remember reading it when I was a lot younger. I always enjoyed it. It's cheesy, but in the right kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always... I'm sad that Gene's dead in some ways and don't care in others. I did like that they kind of finally had them get married because he was married to her clone, but not to her. Had a child with her clone, yeah, but not with her. Yeah, ra- <laughs> raises his, tra- his child with his... his Child they had with the clone with his, with his well after this his wife yep, yep. in the future for mm-hmm. years but yeah but so, she never gets her moment no that every girl wants or most girls want there we go. so yeah and so I she always enjoy a lot of ridiculous stuff does happen doesn't Xavier give her away uh, I believe he does he she she, she, she dances with, with with Professor X like like Gambit trying to get the garter like. This and is the moment that you don't see that Andy didn't draw when he has the first dance with Gene and he leans in <laughs> to get a feel because he always wanted her, right? And yeah. he leans in and says, Are you an android? So I'm supposed to be you. Are you a robot? No, that's Gambit kissing oh, a robot. Oh, Gambit. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're talking about Xavier. Xavier. Oh, because Xavier's got that secret love. love. Yeah, for the little teenager. Yeah, which is not teenager right. when you walk through my door and I never stop loving it's it. So creepy. Uh, no, it was her dad. Gene's dad. Yeah, sure. It makes so much sense. She had parents. And yeah, I also like that like, Ra- Rachel was a bridesmaid. And yeah. like, yep. and that's a, not, that was nice to have like her bonding with her daughter, like from, her daughter from another reality. Poor Dazzler. A lot of fun stuff, cool stuff. You have all the X teams are there, so you have a lot of like little character pieces. Of you have like Alex and Lorna joking about you know if they're get, if they're getting married or not. This is right around the time I think Madrox had just died, um, I have that issue. which I do too with the red like coral covers. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't matter about thirty issues because it was a dupe. It was a dupe. <laughs> didn't matter who saw that coming. <laughs> Seriously, no one apparently. No one saw. No one. Everyone's like crying what do you tears mean? over the death. Of yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you enjoy this issue at all? Or I do. Probably surprised. It's another guilty. I'm surprised it's in your top five. Um, I'm not surprised you like it. It's another line of the X Men, Fabian Nassiza, Andy Kubert books that a brilliant art with a Mega Man X. Art or sorry, ad in the middle. Yeah, wow. well, that's how you know it's good. What did you say there, Paul? This couldn't wait for the twenty first century. Couldn't no, wait. we couldn't. Couldn't wait. <laughs> Could not wait. Masterpiece of a game. Uh, yeah. So I really like this issue, and it has some nice. Oh, sorry. One thing I met. Oh, we should do that later. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did mention was that I did forget to mention was that I like the. There's a moment with Scott Summers and Press Rex, and he's like, 
Basically saying like you know I love you Professor X you you're my father you've been my father figure and later on he's like get away from oh me. and later on he's like I hate you which I'm is great though that's what you do that's with your the father. character you eventually rebelling from your father this is him accepting his father it took him a long of... time to rebel to his father he's he like did. thirty now yeah <laughs> yeah seriously but he's accepting his father and the lessons that he's learned and he's become the man he is today because of Professor X uh, I do like how the issue ends we got because it started with Xavier opening mail and it ends with him opening mail and he gets a letter from Logan that just says lighten up. Hey Chuck, let him up. Let him, you know, let him up. Because at this he's time, he's not here for this. At this time, Wolverine's not there, yeah. but he's saying, "Don't think about it." So he's around. Although honestly, that could not be. That could actually have been Iceman just messing with Sabretooth. Because yeah. we know Iceman does that. Anyone could have written that. And it's in the snow. And if anyone could do it, it'd be it's Iceman. Not with a claw, right? No. It, or it could be uh, Human Torch just somewhere, just a little bit of flame. Adam and I always joke around about Wolverine's use of his claws. He overuses them, especially in the animated series. There's a great scene in the wedding sequence. Where Wolverine walks over to the cake, Regina Sot's wedding, and pops a claw, <laughs> which just came out of his body, and contains his juices, yeah. and cuts a slice of the cake, puts it on a plate, and who's give it to? He gives it to somebody to eat. He gives it to someone else, yeah. He gives it to Charles or something. Hey, if you can use like, it, if you can use a bone claw... so unsanitary. On, you can use his bone claw to open up his, uh, Cyclops during Operation Zero nope. Tolerance. Also bad. <laughs> and grotesque. He's overuse of this this thing that comes from... I'm sorry, even a cat. The claws don't necessarily go inside of their, yeah. like... But if your cat cut a piece of cake for you, would you eat that? I would not. We're more worried about the fur. I'm sorry about the derailing of the... It's all right. All right. Uh, let's go to fear number one. Your favorite. Okay, this, again, is not in any order. I would probably put okay. Astonishing more near the, near the beginning. Okay. The first. Um, so random on your top five list. So let's get serious here. Let's, let's bring it down. Let's give you a shock to your system. Okay. <laughs> what you got? X-Men Legacy. What? 231 to 233. What story is that? Crocia X. What? Clay Man. I did not Zeb re- Wells. I did not realize you love Clay Man that much. Clay Man and Zeb Wells. I, I love Zeb story. Wells. I love Clay Man. I will read anything they do. I don't even remember that story. Dark, no one does. Dark Rain Electra is a masterpiece. I love it. Okay. Um, even their work on uh, Here's for Hire. Brilliant. This is a story that is better than the entire... It, it doesn't even belong in a Crush X. It is a Proteus story. I can't even remember it. No. It's really did, good. Did I read this? No one read it. <laughs> Just you, and you Apparently, hold and, and you hold Clay, it close to your heart. Clayman is not pretty, but he's a oh, you know he's a little bit pretty actually. He does. A, he was one of my favorite he drawings of Nightcrawler in this issue. Okay, uh, in these issues. Do you um, remember this? You don't remember this either. No, Necrosia. I only got parts of. Don't read any of it. Read I, this. I don't think I got this part. So, ah, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll go on, Nate. Tell me more about it. Okay. Well, um, again, Clay's uh, storytelling is fantastic. Just the sequences in the beginning where they have uh, the X-Men training together and Psylocke gets hit or she falls down. And there's little moments, like when Clay animates, or he, he draws rather, Cyclops picking, helping her up, picking her up. Uh, the, the X-Men are, are very... Uh, Clay is great because he has this character touch each other. A lot mm-hmm. of artists know how to draw um, spread pages and cheesecake art and have characters that are bigger than the panels. But when Clay draws, his characters touch each other, they hold hands, they grasp, they put arms around each other. He's not just good in terms of his cameras. He's brilliant in terms of his cameras. His storytelling is one of my favorite storytellers. But all throughout these issues, the the X-Men are touching each other and holding each other appropriately. They're like a family. Like, they depend on each other. And you can feel that. So when Proteus They're not just posing at each other? And starts taking over their bodies and screwing with them. Yeah, so this story is um, Husk 
Psylocke, Rogue, Nightcrawler, Magneto. I didn't bring this at all. And Proteus comes back through Destiny and uh, starts trying to rip everyone apart, and they have to do whatever they can within these few issues to stop this threat. It's a great sequence of Magneto launching a piece of rock into the stratosphere to try to stop him, and it's just really dynamic, a great little story. I love Proteus as a character. He's, his original Proteus story is great. Yeah. Um, but the way Zeb How does did I this... How miss this? No one knows about this. I told you I was going to mess with you. I told you I was going to... Well, I, I thought... This is X-Men Legacy serious. issue? This is X-Men Legacy. I never... Not really... worth reading any of it. Find these issues. Wow. I might have to, actually. It's worth getting the Necrotia X trade just for these issues. I got the Necrotia X trade, went through it, and said, this is the only thing worthwhile. Wow. And Clayman is brilliant, but he's not able to do his best when the story's crap. So when you're looking at Mike Carey, it doesn't work. Um, I'm sorry, Mike Carey. Uh, but was that well... He doesn't listen to the show. It's okay. Part. I'm sorry, it's just... You guys haven't read it, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But I wish I wish this, I did because you, you speak so passionately about it. Okay. I wish I understood more about it. I I don't you know how feel, it totally you feel went danger. By. It's got husk, and she's great. She's underutilized. No one's ever said um, that before. Husk is great. No one's ever said that. It's a great scene where Rogue gets possessed, and Betsy has to team Proteus. up with her, and she's Silex going around like psychic knifing everybody because he keeps jumping bodies. And that being said, she does it all the time now. Yeah. So what? It's great to see, and he depicts it so wonderfully. That's wow. Yeah, because I only read bits and pieces of Necrojai. And I like it so much, it's in my top five. Wow. wow. I I wish I could comment more, I really do. Nothing's worth reading that story except this. Well, you know, I, 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 I really I, got the story because of X-Force, because I want to have all the X-Force stories. Okay. Which right. is a worthy goal. Yeah. But this came bundled with it, because at the time on Amazon, I couldn't find this And then you did, so you, you didn't read it originally, you just read it when no, you got the trade? No, yeah, I got the trade. I was and like, you're like, holy crap, this is I'm like, Clay Man, I'll read whatever you draw. <laughs> and then, because I read um, Mike Carey's Clay Man storyline... I don't remember what it's called. With the, with the supernovas come back and oh yeah, it's a piece of garbage. Gotcha. But I read <laughs> it because good. it was Clayman, and then this I was just love it. You did it, it for Clayman. It felt like nineties X Men again, but it was well told. Zeb is such a great. I'll have to borrow that trade from you. I want to read it now. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I, man, talk about a yeah. giant blind Paul, spot. Paul, have you read uh, Dark Rain Electra? I don't believe I have. I could lend it to you. It's so good. It's so good. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you I, know the caliber I, I of Zeb. No, I I get what you mean. Like they that book was amazing. Have you read their um. Ending to Here's for Hire? Yes. Yeah, it was started by Tucci and Pomiati or something. Yeah, Tucci and Terrible. Pomiati. Yeah. And then the middle to the end of that book is great when they yeah, come aboard. No, I agree. And again, you know what I mean? When I, I do like interacting, like, like people pick each other up by grasping yeah. hands. No, I get you. They tap each other on the shoulder. <laughs> well, I was showing it feels you, like they're interacting with I was showing you pieces today of, of Clayman's work in the new uh, Gambit series. So I mean, he's he's got very nice pencils. I do like he's got that looseness, but not too loose. Yeah, he's really loose, but he's he's just a fantastic storyteller. He, of all the mainstream guys, in some ways, he reminds me a little bit of Coppel. Yes, he does. In some but his, he's a better storyteller than Coppel. Yes, Coppel is. is more finished. He, yes, Coppel is more sheen. Yeah, I would say that's exactly true. Uh, but the panel work that Clay has is superior. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to read this issue now because I don't usually cut with issues. I don't usually I come across. Do you like Proteus, both of you? Oh, I love Proteus. Yeah, well, then you love. I also like Proteus in, Exi- in Exiles, which you probably haven't read. Yes, I have. I have read that one. World Tour. Did you ever get me those two trades? I told you they were gone. Oh, did you? I went back. Oh, you said that you had Sorry, I apologize. They were gone. Okay. Yeah, I was okay with that until how they ended it. Well, I think everyone felt the same way. Yes. That book started great, and then Claremont got it eventually. No, no, I meant the Proteus part. I don't oh, like Proteus. Exiles in the beginning. I read the beginning of Exiles. You don't like it? Like... You don't like well, Michael Cone. Mm, so there's a problem. 
Um, but later on, like even the King Hyperion stuff is fun. I like that. Now, how far have you gotten in the beginning of Exiles? This is a very brief diversion, but... I think the first six issues. First six issues? I, I jump around, right? I have stuff in the middle and towards yeah. the end. Okay. Like, but you have the first trade. Yeah, I had the first ultimate, ultimate trade? trade thing. Read that complete trade and then get back to me. Uh, Califoye I like a lot better. Califoye, is that how you pronounce it? Califiore? Califiore. Califiore. He's him. brilliant. He's got um, very... Angular we stuff. We should do some top artists at one point because I want to yeah, talk about that. Dan, would be a three-hour three episode because <laughs> you just wax poetic for a while. Jandy <laughs> Manco, man. I know Jandy Manco is, is brilliant. If people who don't know, he did X Men Magneto Testament, uh, Jack Battle Murdoch, Jack Murdoch, which is beautiful. Too. Uh, he's, uh, he just did something else, and I can't remember what it was. But uh, did he's, face. Hmm? He, did, he did my face. Okay, <laughs> transition. That's a great transition. All right, Paul, your top. Favorite X Men story and our issues. This, this shouldn't surprise you at all. Um, unlike, unlike the completely out of left field <laughs> no, choice, the no, man, are you going to dim the lights as well and yeah. be like, no, okay? No, no. Well, if you were just if you weren't surprised by something, this would be a waste of time. This is true. Now this, you can read something that you don't know about. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my my rice fairless share was my like, surprise, I guess. But that was your dark horse. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. No, that was a good that's one. That's a honorable mention. No, that's a really good. I wouldn't have thought of that. So, my favorite and. Uh, regardless of what you think of it now, but for me... That's true of all mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. It's true. But for me, this is this was my genesis to comics. This was what got me in. This is what okay. sucked me into okay. all Use of it. Use your first. You don't remember. You'll forget your first. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I, 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 I use an example sorry. for like, the Brennaked Ladies. They're my favorite band of all time, only because of the first band I met. Is that Saw right? in concert, mm. albums I bought. When I first got into music, even in general, it was all Brennaked Ladies. Their, their music now is drivel. I can't handle their CDs. Not drivel. It's not the same since he left. It was very experimental in the beginning, wasn't even, it? Even before he left, it, was, it wasn't oh, yeah. good. It hasn't good since like Stunt or Maroon even. Like disc one, you have that, you have all you need for there. That's the true. Band, yeah, you right? can be happy and never need anything more. So, but then they will still maintain that title because they, they did do the Big Bang Theory theme song. Okay, yeah. I'm dying to know what yeah. you're going to say. Okay. Yeah. So, you, you guys don't know? I'm not exactly sure what it's going to no, be. Is it Deadpool number one? I don't know. <laughs> no, well, no, that no. wouldn't be allowed by our rules. It's a good issue. We throw it out. That's actually the best issue of the whole series. We, we yeah. break his heart like we did with uh, X Force. No, 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 it's not allowed. No, for me, it, it is. It is onslaught. It is okay. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to go there. But, no, it okay. is, yeah. I, I thought I, a lot about that one. Yeah. yeah. I love how it's all put together, the alpha. It's your favorite model for a, Yeah, the impact hit everything else. The whole thing just really worked. I loved hunting for it and collecting it when it came out. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier today, yeah. You know, like, I found the Punisher ish, impact issue in a random byway in Trenton on a rack. <laughs> and I was stoked to find it, you know? Yeah. In a board? Bag board? Uh, no, it was loose, but I, I put it in one, right? Back in the days, they so, didn't matter. You, you know, found it. And now I have the, ultimate, grill. Uh, you know, the, the complete collect epics, and now I uh, have like one or two pieces. Of them. Like, Did you the get the original trade? The ones that are really hard to find now? No, no, no. Those, are, those are not good. No, the, they're not a good... The no, paper quality no, wasn't good. No, I know, but they're just hard to find. They are hard to find, but now they don't matter, because we have the complete epics. <laughs> we do. We have the complete no, epics, which collect everything. Fine. Sorry. As a collector, I just wonder. I sorry. You know, what? I would like to have, if I could find them for somewhere for cheap. I would pick up the original ones. If okay. I could find it, I would so badly want the original Legion Quest trade with the gold foil cover because that was printed on glossy paper. And when they printed it in the complete uh, the, on the prelude to Age of Apocalypse trade, it was not on glossy paper. It was very matte finish, and that doesn't work for me. We're sorry, Paul. Sorry. We're taking time away from Onslaught. <laughs> Regale us with yeah, more. Uh, any listeners should know that we all kind of. Read comics around the same time. I guess we started reading all with onslaught. That was a big. That's thing becoming clear yes. from our list because they're not yeah. that different in time period. I suppose you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, definitely all about all about onslaught for me. Um, I love how onslaught looks, the design. Um, 
you know, which phase? The first phase. Okay, for sure. Yeah, not the second phase that I, became the I action phase. I don't mind the manga beetle. Yeah. I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's that's a, that's a, it's that's a, that's a great... Yeah. It's that Marvel Legends build figure. I got it. Got it stars. I made a skull. Did you beetle really? Onslaught. I did, and then my brother broke it, but I made it in high school, and it was actually quite a good sculpture. Yeah, because it was a dick. Fantastic. Who broke that? Uh, like, we still had to suffer through, you know, again, we had the Furl Noses Wolverine at the time. We had... He's barely an Onslaught. You know, the, the shirtless yeah, Thor... You know, it's uh, nice hey, to have an event... That's better than uh, Belly Shirt Thor. Oh, yeah. That dude it's nice to have an X-Men yeah. event well, they did both, that did not really feature Wolverine. Like, it wasn't important. He wasn't... No, he showed, he showed up at the end. No. Yeah, and he had the... The only really important tie-in he had was the one where he found out, oh my god, that's, that's how Onslaught was created exactly. in Wolverine 104. But other than that, he... like, Which is refreshing. Because think now, he's at the center of everything, usually. Yeah. So, and I think... The whole event carried the Marvel Universe as a whole really well, better than most events currently have, have recently done for us. Yeah. What do you mean when you said that? I think you felt like this was affecting the Marvel Universe, and everyone kind of came together to help stop the threat. Mm. Um, you got, Except for Spider-Man, didn't get there in time. Well, he bought Sentinels. He bought Sentinels. That, yes. was, that was good enough That's for me. true, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. But it was just weird, because in that issue, they like, well, we better head to Central Park. Where were you? You missed it. Yeah. What could he have done? Well, I'm sure, I'm surprised we didn't get an issue where it's like I didn't make it on time. It's all my fault. They're dead. It's Uncle scene. Ben all over again. I love that scene where it's um, Ben. He doesn't care as much. With Peter, he's so good. Well, Peter was there with him. They were both going, and then well, then Ben died. I love the scene where the brilliance of Doom. They use Doom to help create a plan where they use the Vision and Rogue together to try to create a breach in the Shield. Yeah, just little stuff like that. Yeah. When is when have Doom, Vision, and Rogue done a team up before? Never. Yeah. Exactly. Never. Yeah. So I really. It really worked. You're right. It did bring the Marvel Universe together. Except for the Inhumans. They were in the FF tie-in, and then we're going to go do this. And then they never showed up again. (laughs) Could you imagine Black Bolt against... Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, this is such a... He he looks over and looks for a nod, like, can I level the city? Take this guy (laughs) out. And everyone's off the side going, no, (laughs) don't say (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'll leave you alone. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, it's such a fanboy moment. uh, Because we all read around the same period when we were still... You know, in our, in our early teens, uh, early mid-teens, that, you know, that moment when in Onslaught uh, Marvel Universe, when Hulk just starts pummeling him, is like, and Onslaught's doing his, like, berating him, and he's like, oh, yeah, Tell me, Hulk have Hulk. I left anyone out? And he's like, only Hulk. Hulk that makes Hulk. me mad. And the matter, I get stronger. Shatter and, it shat- and it's like a nuclear blast in the middle of Central Park. Awesome. Doesn't make any no, sense. Cool. Well, it looks great when, like, uh, he's Professor Hulk, right? And he's sending me in, coach. And Jean's like, I can't do and she that. She turns it off. You'll, yeah, it's like, no, turn it off. Turn off my banner. And he's like, she's like, I can't unconscious do that. And he's like, you got to do That's an awesome it. page, too, when That's he's cool. just like, Rrr, like, that is the monster. Good thing they directed him. Like, uh, good thing they didn't just turn it off. And then he wakes up and he's Hulk and he's looking at everybody. He's the maddest he's ever been. He's like, I got to crush, crush everyone. That's got to do it. Especially that redhead. And Bishop somewhere is like, you got to kill redheads, man. You just kill them all. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and Bishop the cold, I liked his ball with the nice shoulder pads around. It was nice when he was bald, wasn't it? Was good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, good, it was a good look for him. I actually yeah. figured that's a good look. And then Joe Bennett came in to help finish up the Cooper pencils, and I felt that was good. I think that that was one of the high, most high-profile things Joe Bennett's ever done. Yeah, I love Joe Bennett, not for storytelling again, because he's very glossy. Both Bennett's are pretty good. And it was really good. Adam? Adam is doing the Onslaught final issue? Adam, Adam Cooper? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Adam he did Cooper. Not all of it. There was a, it was a jam session. There was tons well, of but it was that. mostly Adam, I thought. I believe so. Well, so, and right? he also did. I think he is. did the first one too. I thought, and I was I was really impressed with how the colorist made Bennett's uh, pencils blend with okay. Adam's pencils. I yeah. thought it was a really good job. 
No, it, it was that was a great and event. Then Joe Bennett did some Spider Man, and then I, I agree. This that was my real entry point. I started reading X Men books and actually started buying them myself three months before Onslaught happened. So I was right in the thick of it. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome! Like, yeah, X- that's the first thing you've read for comics. Like, yeah. you always hear the comics or whatever this and that at their kids' fair, and then you're like, what is happening? Yeah. I remember, like, I couldn't get a. Uh, my mom was going to pick up comics for me one week, and she picked up Uncanny X Men 335, and it had like. Uh, uh, it was it was bagged and it had like the tape on on the bag. It was like Ooh. with the onslaught. I don't have it in that bag anymore, unfortunately. But like because the, in some versions they actually had tape that they would tape on it. And it was like a warning, like you know onslaught. This is a big deal this. to us. You want to share some favorite moments from onslaught? Yeah. What are some of your first? favorite things? I'll go first. Oh man, you go first. Okay. Um, the scene where Iceman has created a shield and Hawkeye oh, jumps yes. over the shield. And, uh, and John like, is there. He's like, and he's, he's just—it's just—it's just kind of—it's it, very much in the thick of things. Yeah, Johnny comes in, and they're just chatting, and they're trying to take a breather. He's like, "Won't drop the shield? We'll go out there another time." Like, it makes—we got to save the world. Oh, just us it, again. It's actually one of the only times in onsite where they share—they show don't tell. Is other than showing these guys having a big fight, blah blah blah. It's—it's it's in the, it's the respite. It's the yeah. moment in the break between the battle where they—you know—you can infer that they've been fighting for hours, and even the greatest heroes in the world are being beaten back by his defenses from a citadel and all the sentinels. But they're just the three guys who are battle hardened, but they're also friends, and they've also all fought each other at one point or another, and they—they they trust is each Hawk, other. But is Hawkeye friends with got, those guys? Um, I think with more with Bobby? Johnny. I think more Johnny. Okay, and then Johnny and Bobby. He I just guess jumps over a shield because there's a shield there, right? Yeah, and then, that's true. And they just oh, there's of, people here. Well, that's nice. But they have a, a brief enough chat, and they all know what they're doing. They all know what they have to do, and they just once more back over yep. the breach, my friends. Right? Yeah, just kind of a neat little moment. Okay, Paul. Uh, one powerful moment was when you know the dude, this random guy, wakes up. Opens up his drapes to pound yeah. Sentinel. Yes. What? Yeah. Oh, that's Adam, awesome. Andy, that's Andy, Andy Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Such, he does such great Sentinels. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And you see the going city? Down. And like, they're yeah, standing. And, and, and yeah. crawling in and stuff is going down. Yeah, that like, was That's cool. a very good point of view That's how you set, that's how you set yeah. things up. Like, yeah. Because the issue before it, there was no there was no sentinels yet. Like this was just a bang. It's there. That was an excellent shot. One of the best. Uncanny X-Men 336. It's very overblown, but I, I always liked it anyway when they free Xavier from the middle of Onslaught. I was so hoping you would say that. So and, and Thor's like, for Asgard, for Midgard, yeah, for yeah. Odin, Xavier shall be free. Yeah. Awesome. It doesn't make a lick of sense, really, but it's so cool. What, the, the taking him out of the armor? or? Yeah, well, him even barely being there and like being inside of him. Well, like they established that. that's where he was. I know, but it still doesn't. It seems weird to me. I actually figured there's dome on the back and you see Xavier's face. I have it. But, I mean, I I, I reread that now. I'm like, that's awesome. That... That's that that gets you pumping, and you're it's like, great. That's gotta be it, Thor right? Thor and Hulk both both contribute heavily. Oh, heavily, yeah. Him. Cable actually does too quite a bit, but yeah. Uh, and then he releases the psionic uh, like wave on everybody, and yeah, the huge EMP. Yeah, and then and it, and it's such a great page too because he's doing it, and everyone's Magneto's like, there too. and you have like uh, you know this who everything. Cracks, who cracks the armor, Magneto? Doesn't he get like a, a crack? I think so. Yeah, breaks it open, and and then you just see the the Jumps expressions the of everyone like Iron Man armor shoot, you know, sparking out. Mm-hmm. Reed Richards was working on something he thought would work, and it's all getting mm-hmm. fried because the yeah. MP. And it's just this feeling of hopelessness at yeah. the end of that issue, and it's awesome. Yeah, it really sets it up for something big. It really, you know, yeah, it really does. Okay. One one more top thing from that storyline, and then we'll move. I have move a question on. for Paul after you. Okay. <laughs> Do your top thing. Come. Okay, uh, Paul, um, this is also a very hated storyline for a lot of people. Probably some of the people listening right now hate this. <laughs> there are a lot of detractors, people who left comics because of it. What would you have to say to them? What do you say to people now who th- wonder whether they should go back and read this? Oh, my lord, it's a heavy-handed question. You want to think about it? 
You can Adam think, mentioned his last thing. You can think about it. Yeah, you can make sure one last thing. Make sure. One last thing I liked about the story. I really, because we're talking about favorite things in Onslaught, I really liked, uh, of all the team-ups to have, the Cable and Invisible Woman and Apocalypse. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. What is that? That's another one. That's, but that's a really cool issue. That's, and, I, and I also liked... At the time, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I also liked Invisible Woman being like, i got to save my son. Yeah. And she's saying yeah, that to Cyclops at one point. And Cyclops, out, yeah. and Cyclops is like, I get it. Yeah. Like, this is my son. He's older than me. You think this is... <laughs> I'm the... a screwed up life lady. You know it's like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... And it's, actually, if you think about it, too, it uh, Franklin had just been regressed to a child again. Because only a couple months earlier, yeah, he was super. He, he was still, he was still Cylord. Cylord, yeah. yeah, he was still Cylord. So you know, she knows, she should know all about her child becoming that was an old man. When he created a new, on. a new planet, a new sun, he's your second yeah. son. That was pretty crazy. But yeah, so having them team up and then having Apocalypse and Cable team up against anything. As a kid, you know that those two guys hate each other. Yeah, so this if is they're teaming up, big deal. holy yeah. shit, that means something. And you got Iwatu who's just watching because he's creepy. And I also liked Apocalypse talking with Iwatu uh, throughout the storyline. Yeah, that was neat, actually. You know, that was kind that of was a cool. cool. It made two Apocalypse... very ancient watchers of yeah, the it, it made Apocalypse, Apocalypse seem watchers. more important and not just, whoa, I must destroy. Like, it was cool leading up to it, eh? Apocalypse like, was reborn, he comes out of a sarcophagus. Yeah. Oh, and he's yeah. Like, he's Joe Mann's doing that, yeah. too. Like, yeah, it was just brilliant. With uh, Osmondeus and stuff. You want to answer uh, Nate's question? I think, look, obviously, if you're... It has its flaws. Everything yes, does. It does. Right? <laughs> you're, you're not making anyone 100% happy, but if you've gone and you've come back to comics and you've suffered through all these other crossover stories, events, or whatever, you know, going back to this... It's it's nostalgic for one. Um, it was the first one of the first big events, like, like the that. universe wide. Uh, well, universe crossovers. Uh, well, yeah, no, Secret I mean, Wars two. Yeah. Secret Wars two is bigger. Okay, Wars but it's not Secret Wars. But I agree with you. They were whipping out nothing. That they are no nothing. Nothing of this now. size. Nothing of this. And even Infinity Crusade and stuff. It was never as home as this was. This is Central Park. Yeah, this is New York. This is Central Park, exactly. and every book felt it afterwards, which doesn't happen as often. Yes, now. it did. We had Uncanny X Men talking about it. Yeah, Thunderbolts was created from the wreckage of what happened in New York. Why is Thunderbolts on my list? Thunderbolts. It's not an X Men story. If you could find a way to make Thunderbolts an X Men (laughs) story, first of all, I think you should write for comics. I know. I just said that. (laughs) But anyways, no, I think it's it's worth looking back and even looking back at the the, how the the it was built as an event, and maybe that would rekindle an idea of how to make these other huge events going forward more streamlined more focused because th- there was very little wasted nonsense like everything kind of well, start to the finish. impact stuff well but the, that, no, but, but the, the, even that plays stuff, a part like the, the impact, like impact stuff, hulk I, is terrible okay, it is but, it but you don't but have to read critical, it too <laughs> right like and i like to like so if you are just buying spider-man every week right and all you do is reading spider-man and you don't care about anything else going on in the marvel universe they give you enough to understand but suddenly holy crap sentinels so yeah. either well, it surely makes you want to read the other. Yeah. Oh my god! So, so, what's Green so, Goblin going to do? Yeah. So either that and your book. You that's what's going to happen. To the main book, or you say, "Oh, Sentinel, that was pretty cool," and then you move on. Right? It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Uh, t- you have to buy a separate onslaught Spider-Man tie-in book. Yeah. It was in the. It was in the book. This is happening across the Marvel universe, so everyone's going to feel it in some way, shape, or form. You no know, Punisher's doing a thing. Holy crap! Helicarrier gets fell on the ground. Let's mm-hmm. go save GW Bridge. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. You know, what, just, I, what I think is most important, too, and why you kind of call it your favorite template for an event, is that you had a really easy to, in every book at the end of the issue, you had, like, if you want to follow the action, follow these phase books. And if you want to know more, impact books. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Give people a signpost. They don't do that at all anymore. No. They don't even tell you where it takes place in the storyline. You read no. AVX and there's installments that are like, this actually takes place 
you know, three months ago. Huge problem. Well, it feels very, very, very editor-guided. Uh, Maybe Brevoort was a big part of that, but it, to have phases, because right now some of the complaints a lot of people have, especially people who love continuity, is where does this book happen in context yeah. of yeah, the other books? Especially when yeah. there's other crossovers, right? Like right now, Sabretooth, you said, is back in X-Force. Yeah, and he came back line, from Wolverine and the X-Men is in Uncanny X-Force, but the storyline that makes that him Bianchi return and Loba is going has to write, ended yet. are going to finish, has yet to finish. Yeah. So that's like an example. Started so it. So just started two issues ago. So someone yeah. to flag up and says, well, what the heck, right? Yeah. Where does this take place? Well, clearly it takes place after the storyline. But these guys spell it out. One and two. <laughs> and like, over. This all happened, yeah. All these things in phase one are happening. Really? Even the epilogue is like very, everything's very clear. I mean, yeah. Give me checklist. Give me... Yeah, they they started doing a lot of checklists a couple years ago, yeah. and they just yeah, you know, we don't want to waste that space. That could yeah. be ad space. No, it should be because of especially AVX being such a mess. They should have a clear reading order on their website. Well, I understand every like, week. Some people say I don't want to have checklists. I don't have to feel like I want to buy anything or why Marvel. I just want to have a sign want to where it sits. They don't want to, This is your guide. I, I'm saying do one or the other, right? Either do a fully comprehensive guide with your giant crossover or stop doing giant crossovers. And if you're not, but they won't it, do that because they make money. Well, then make money, but get someone on the staff. What, what's the intern doing? Make him a checklist. Make but, a checklist. Though. Yeah, they don't want to use precious page space because they keep cutting page counts anyway. They're down to twenty so like pages. I said, don't usually. do it on the page. Just have an accessible point. Tons of social media. Tons of online stuff on there. Again, a yeah, week. you can even make a Facebook yeah. page. I guess if a you weekly update. Yeah, you can do anything you want. And make an app. Work. Reading order, right? Because I'm, I'm searching online, and readers are doing their own reading order, so people know what the hell they're trying to read when. And that's not even just Marvel. I mean, DC could do that a lot too. Like with uh, Bacchus Night happened. I was like, well, this is huge. Where oh, does everything take place? Ridiculous. And understanding where it all. See these insane timing amounts. Don't. I think Hulk is actually a huge uh, transgressor because after World War Hulk, you had the Hulk book, and then after a while, you had tons of crap happening in little miniseries, and I don't know how to read that. Not that I really want to anymore. I've kind of been like, eh, yeah. I already know who... I know he's Thunderbolt Ross. I don't need to yeah, read that. that. Like scattered to the wind, wasn't it? The Hulk storylines? It's like, Hercules, yeah. you go here with Amadeus. Well, there's Hulk to Heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of a mess. Uh, my, my favorite... X-Men's uh, issue is X-Men 25 already mentioned as part of your Fatal Attractions as I said not a huge fan of the entirety of tra- Fatal Attractions or at least not enough to be one of my favorites uh, definitely had very near and dear to me because I was you know it was like 10 years old when it happened if even that I might have just been 9 and I probably read it a year later but I was just like everything about it was just like holy crap this this shit's going down and and ripping out Wolverine's Adamantium people make fun of it now it lasted 6 makes years fun of it? People do make fun of it online and stuff. Why? What does that mean? Well, make because they're like, oh, you know, it's... Of X-Men it's, 25 or the, or the Well, just that, that, that it didn't change the character much, and I think that's stupid. Like, changing, taking it out lasted a long time. If you think about it, he lost it right around issue 75 of his own book. He didn't get it back to issue 145. So that's 70 moment. issues. That's, you know, five or six years of not having what was really the defining moment for the character. That he had this defining attribute anyway. It's one of the most gruesome things you were going to see next. Brutal. You're nine. I don't know. I was like 13 or 14 or something. But How much older than me do you think you are? I don't think think you were nine. Um, What year is it? Okay, you keep talking. Who cares? The the point is, there's a a panel in here where the colorist, um, you know, it's been torn out. Wolverine is like hanging over backwards with his mouth hanging open. Mm -hmm. And his eyes are blood red. And his skin is like gray. Oh and yeah, his skin's all blackened out, yeah, and it's like his, the flesh color is is grayed out. Like there's, it's just disgusting. It's very as a, you know, as a teenager, brilliant, brilliant young, young kid. Andy this is just like what? Your mind is blown. You never thought you would 
see anything like this before. It's yeah. high detail by one of the Cooper brothers. So visually, it's impactful. In terms of the relationship between Magneto and Xavier, this is this a is huge the ultimate, breaking point. This yeah. is the ultimate this end is, point. Again, like, yeah. How do you come back from this? Um, and, and then, what we were talking about before with Paul, again, if you were reading X-Men at this time, this blew your kid mind, your teenage mind, oh, yeah. maybe even your adult mind, and then this builds up to the inevitable onslaught reconciliation mm-hmm. where... Xavier stole yeah. your soul. It's been stuck inside of you. He planted a seed in you. That's kind of what the, the so metaphor That's the metaphor yeah. they use. It's psychic that rape. Seed, like, like you know, it, it, it has grown in you now, and now it's produced the monster. And now you have to deal reap with you what you sow what you sowed. Um, and so, one giant X Men thing that blew your mind a few years later is a huge other impact. So these mind-blowing storylines are very much connected. Mm-hmm. They're logically connected, as logical as this could be. As, yeah, as much as um, it could be. Yeah. And you're just like, what could be next? So I think that Onslaught, if anything, it failed not the story itself, but what came afterwards. Because mm. I don't know if it's failure is the right word. We were just being built up by so many crazy things. Yeah, that's true. The death of the Marvel heroes. What could possibly happen? And the worst that kind of happened... From it was what the Thunderbolts came and tried to destroy the world and yep. it failed, and that for a little while Marvel Universe wasn't protected by regular. Yeah, heroes. yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I like what this issue. I mean, it's very '90s, very early '90s, obviously, but I mean, it's some of Andy Kubert's best work on the on the title. The space suits. I, they have the ridiculous spacesuits. I like that the team that they chose wasn't the team you would necessarily expect. Like Quicksilver being there, I mean, it's cool and yeah. it makes sense. But, but dad, he yeah. wasn't an X Man. Yeah. He was a member of X Factor. You got Gambit there, but Cyclops isn't there. You have Jean and Wolverine and Xavier, who's walking into this exosuit. But no one else. It was, it was just an interesting version of the team to bring into space. Colossus dealing with his... He's still wearing his X-Men costume. And, you know, still got the nice big X on him. Yeah. You know, and... Well, it's good because his act like costume is terrible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a sol- very solid... Like, this is... They're going to space. they got to shut this guy down. Uh, they got to shut down Magneto. How soon they get out of their space suits, too? Like, they yeah. just jump out of them. And I love how he's got his trench coat on under his space suit. You have to make sure you brought it So along. that's Gambit, in yeah. case anyone lots was wondering. Lots of posing, lots of, lots of posing. standing in mist. But you know what? It was all good fun. It was, it all worked. And, it, it, again, it had that sense of some... So it was building the entire issue. And when you like when you finally get to that moment when when he rips out the adamantium, it just feels like, you know, this is it. Like, Wolverine's a god. But also, to a degree, you're also, again, going... All these fights that Magneto has had against Wolverine, even a kid can He's go... never done that what before. A, what a terrible fight. Like, why would Magneto and Wolverine fight? Wolverine should be running away when he fights the Master of Magnetism. This is crazy. Yeah, it was he, the first time that con- kind of logic was ever actually used. Yeah. You know, that's why Iron Man stays as far back away he can, right? This is a dumb fight. So, finally, we get to the point where all, even, even your kid brain, you're like, yeah... yeah. Well, this is why you like in the, mess with well, the first X-Men movie when they just kind of like why would we they even send Wolverine against yeah, me? Yeah. And it's interesting that this is really the first time they really explored that. Hmm. You know, up until then he was a viable threat all the time. So yeah. it's very interesting how that was done. Um, any thoughts on that issue, Paul? Well, I already touched that. Besides already I, loving yeah. Fatal Attractions yeah. and kind of stealing my thunder? Again. Sorry, I didn't know that was going to be hitting you. So. No, again, I agree with all your points and uh, again, even the whole full cover you have right here is... Yep. 90s awesomeness. I mentioned this to Adam. I guess I'll mention that you're here because it's on air or whatever. Um, I traded, uh, I believe, Ghost Rider and all his cards uh, in exchange for this issue. Maybe Ghost Rider. Oh, Overpower. 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 Oh, wow. Because yeah. wow. you really wanted IQ. this, eh? IQ. And I got a few other comics as well, but this was one of the ones I really wanted. Wow. So we did Overpower comic trades in my school. Which was wow, nice. that's pretty yeah. neat. It was a golden time for me. I like the narration here. The death of a dream in this, the final battle. 
Just do you, a, want to, do you want to do the rundown of uh, your worst five? Because very quickly. All right. Sure. Uh, actually, any, did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to mention? Uh, that I haven't mentioned? Well, I have two. Uh, Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix Saga. I have Age of Apocalypse. Yep. Which, genius. Nostalgia. Nostalgia heavily nostalgia, but I, I do love it. Uh, Onslaught was one of them. Um, Deadly Genesis. Okay. By uh, yep. Breaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've already mentioned post-Onslaught X-Men and uh, the Crimson Dawn Sabretooth of the Mansion thing which yep. is very connected you can tell I'm a 90s kid whatever you're a 90s kid it's okay we're not yeah. we're not upset at you for it Paul? Uh, the only thing that I didn't touch on uh, was New X-Men I love that there's a long sigh before it like what is he going to say about Morrison? Morrison? So no, not Morrison's New X-Men okay New X-Men the kids? Po- yes the kids oh, yeah. post-Decimation oh, okay. Like Academy, new X Men Academy yeah, X, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The okay. Academy was garbage. Yeah, I lasted through it, but post decimation. Who was only out there? Was it Brooks? No, it wasn't Brooks. It was someone yeah, weird. Kelly Olsen and Brooks. Okay. Was it yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, when it was good, you mean? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Not when it was because it was weird before yeah. that. Because I, I finally bought into some brand new characters, some kids. But once they burned you in that, you never wanted uh, to give new characters a try again no, until Initiative, no. and they burned you in that again. Yeah, yeah. And now you won't go anywhere oh, near man. Avengers Academy, no matter yeah, how much Avengers I tell Academy, you it's awesome. Academy, Five Lights, all those characters are being Did you like the Nimrod storyline? Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Who doesn't yeah. love Nimrod, though? I it's love a Nimrod. pink robot. He's yeah. a white robot with pink highlights. Whatever. He's a pink robot. Just accept it. But no, That's really, why my wife likes it. Really enjoyed that book. Very disappointed that it died post um, a side complex. Yeah, that's And they ruined it with Guggenheim's young X Men garbage. Well, that was terrible. And now all those characters. Guggenheim is so, like, hit and miss. Uh, I know. His blade was great. Yeah. And now all those characters are lost. Yep. You know, Lost in the annals of time. And yeah, they're just throwing in the Marvel Universe, just chilling around, and, and they're wasted after they such a build up to make me want to support them. So. Alright. Worst. Quickly. Extinction Agenda. I can't stand it. The art is so terrible. Life Elves. Do you know the issues of it? With the issues? I don't have the numbers issue. No. Uh, the issues number. Jim Lee has some great art, but as a story, I can't stand it. Um. <coughs> Inferno. Wait, wait, Extinction Agenda. Extinction Which Agenda. Yeah. That? That's the that Genosha. Oh, that's the fir- that's on your worst. Yes. I thought you liked the first bit of Morrison's run. Oh, that's you for Extinction. Extinction. Which one the hell is Extinction Agenda? Extinction Agenda is with. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm surprised because you put uh, on your when you wrote it on your list, you put an E. It's just X. Yeah, I know. Extinction. No wonder I didn't know what you were talking about. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, grammatic Hodge. grammar is everything. Hodges in this one. Okay. Terrible. It's is that on your list um, of, no. of worst? Okay. But Chuck Austin's entire run. <laughs> <laughs> Can't narrow it down for us? No. It's all the things okay. by Chuck Austin. It's all bad? Well, that's half Which of my list, Which is weird because some of his adventures wasn't bad. Um, and I'll go with, um, gosh, so many. Revolution, Search for Xavier. I don't know. Yeah, know. Revolution was really bad. That's Chris Claremont's Return on X-Men. And Inferno. And Kenny 381 and X-Men 100. Inferno? I hate Inferno. What? I read it. Get out of here. Seriously? It's, I love the Sylvester art, but it's not a good story. Uh, I, don't care about I mean, I, I don't put it. I, I would mailbox is getting teeth on them. <laughs> wow, oh, I disagree with you. I don't put it. In, I put it in the middle somewhere, but yes, not the it. worst. There's been a lot worse well, than that. Yeah, really, mailbox like the crochets. That's what did it. <laughs> okay. Oh, and you have supernovas in the. Oh, these here. are honorable mentions. Supernovas. Oh, those, I can't oh, that, stand those are honorable. Okay. Stuff the twelve and ages of apocalypse. I okay. This is. I don't need to say why I hate these, right? Uh, no, you really don't. All right. We can tell from the venom in your yeah. voice that 
so pure. And I was so disappointed so in Revolution. I really was. I was hoping the climate would bring something. And it was awful. And he switched powers around. Hey, Psylocke. Phoenix. <laughs> switch powers. I'm not going to explain X-Men it. X-Men are in space on a space station. Yeah. Rogue and Psylocke. A Cyclops. Uh, Colossus make up for a while. Yeah. Make him kiss. And stop. And no, no powers. <laughs> We're transferred. Uh, oh. For me, Messiah War speaks for itself. Um, Does it speak for itself? He was terrible. It was horrible art. It was Olivetti and... It just all that. Hey, it let's, was very good. Yeah, it was, it was kind potential. Of I was yeah. looking at it. Let's going. take a great series, X Force, and throw in a couple issues that don't matter and yeah. are just going to hurt everyone's brains because they it, suck. It, it did nothing for anything for the whole grand scheme of it. Bad well, artwork, didn't yeah. advance the story of hope, didn't advance the story of anyone involved in it. No. It was just this blip that if you didn't read it, you'd be like, oh, where'd they yeah. go? They're back. Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife right now is reading through the X Force series. You tell her just to avoid that? or She hasn't read it, and now she's on Uncanny X Force, and she didn't ask me if she missed anything. <laughs> Because <laughs> she didn't need she, to. She, yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, yeah. the, she, she, there was no gap. Because, <laughs> no yeah. like, the only good thing that came about because of uh, Mazai War was that in X Force, you had that great ending of the issue where Boomer dies because they got transported out in time, and then they came back and inverted. Yeah, they it. saved her. Yeah. That was the only good thing that happened. Them not being there for the end of one issue. That's some and salacious depiction of Boom Boom there. What was the it was awful. Oh, it was just like a streetwalker. Yeah. Well, didn't they do yeah. that on purpose? Terrible. It was Choi, I think, through it, right? Yeah. He likes to draw that pretty face. <laughs> not yeah. really a surprise. So what, what, why was she dressed uh, like that? I think yeah, there I was think a reason. Was, there. was there? Or was it just Troy was, was going like, oh, I'm drawing with yeah. my pants no, off No, there was a reason. draw or whatever I want. Drawing with my pants Sometimes on, Mike right? Troy, I think, draws without his pants. That's, that's weird. I don't well, know why. Why would you draw with pants? Why do you think about Mike Troy drawing with pants? One of the advantages of working from home is you can work without pants. I would imagine. You would imagine. It's got to be a big boon. Okay. And do you wear the pants when you're No, I wear pants of some kind. We're doing this podcast without our pants on. I hope you know that. <laughs> that adds a whole new dimension to, to no, everyone's anyways, on. Um, I got on. that from all gen gamers because they usually do what they do. So. Oh, God. Uh, as much podcast. as I like the beginning of Extreme X-Men, the rest of it sucks, so that's all I Okay. Um, yeah, the hunt for Xavier with the, the all-new oh, X-Men. Great Zayos. Zayos, come on. It's not crux. that terrible. It was bad. It was really, really It was really, bad. really bad. Really but the bad. art okay. was gorgeous. The, the just, just, to, just to point out, there is Drake a different... design. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what I want to say is... Uh, there is what was the, what was the, the chick with ice and fire? Was, I don't know. What was Crux? Crux? Yeah. yeah, what was that design? Okay, yeah. just just to point out though, that, okay, you're basically yeah, you're lumping together uh, two different storylines. They're both because you, you had the first the 35th anniversary and then you had yep. actual hunt for Xavier. Yep. Yeah, all toilet paper. No worries. Except for that moment when Peterson drew Rogue King Butt and it was having more the powers. It was just a big waste of time. <laughs> okay. Next. The cerebral robots. Uh, Marvel Universe's uh, Black Saint want to be Necrosia. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. What was it? Necrosia. Oh, Necrosia. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Black Saint wannabe. It wasn't, I guess, kind of, here it is. Let's just, Celine, you bring yeah. it back. What a like, great way to reintroduce dead characters and just... Wait. It's yeah. inter- Well, Sorry. apparently, you would have felt, di- you would have felt differently. You would have re- felt differently if you just read what he just told you to read. Yes, no, this doesn't change your opinion of Necrosia. No. But it does. <laughs> it is, it's, it's very insular. It's like it's happening and this is the reason why Proteus is back because okay. people are coming back to life because of this virus. But, but, but that's it. That's as far as it goes. Celine stuff. Yeah, but it, as, on its own, you can just check it out in the book and give its own book and it'd be perfect. Yeah. And then throw the rest. Um, throw the rest. I'm going to bundle this in nice and quick for you. Uh, the Civil War, Fear Itself, and Secret Invasion, X-Men tie-ins. Yeah, Say that again slower. The Civil War, Fear Itself, and Secret Invasion, X-Men tie-ins. That's a lot of tie-ins all at once. Okay. I liked the Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion one. Yeah. No! Yeah. No! No! Wow, that was that was that was a response. I like his art. Yeah. He does not like your answer. No. Okay. 
You know, you know why? Secret Invasion as a whole. Who infiltrated the X Men? Who infiltrated the X Men? Yeah, what's the girl? Oh, nobody. I don't know. How long did nobody. I... nobody did nobody. it. There's no significant infiltration of the X Men at all. Yeah, okay. But they were just fighting scrolls. They were just fighting scrolls in San Francisco. Yes, but... And fighting it like a war, and then they used a biological weapon to scare them away from San Francisco. Stupid. You know what's the best tie in ever? I agree with the other tie Black Panther. No. Sven. Oh, because um, who's in that? Decapitates Sabretooth. Yeah. And then uses Black Bolt to murder Apocalypse. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Black Panther I... is the coolest. <laughs> in any universe. Here's my buddy. I'm a king. Well, I got friends with other I... kings. Here's my buddy. He's going to have V word with you. Boah. <laughs> and just murders him. That was better than the Magneto Apocalypse fight in Age of Apocalypse. There. Put that on record. Okay. It's like one panel off off camera. Well, genius. That never made sense in Age of Pucks too. We're just suddenly now I can rip you apart. Couldn't do it when I was more Why powerful aren't years you ago. Anything while I'm choking you, I'm concentrating. <laughs> Great, Roger Cruz. Whatever, man. Really. Is that so, all your, man, your well, worst? First one, no, my top worst, of course, Grant Morrison's run. Really, that's your least favorite that's ever. My least okay, favorite well, ever. that's fair. You're gonna come in, and if you're gonna flip everything upside down and cause crazy crap to happen, at least make it make What's sense. What's your take on secondary? I don't get it. What's your take on secondary mutations, though? Is that one thing he did that was neat? No, I was a crux. It was, it was, it was a crutch. It was just crutch. I don't have a really good idea what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna I like change that. the I like characters. That me me like too, that. but I don't think using it was a good idea. Like they've done some good things well, with I, it now. Claremont already did that with Sage. She was just going around like, oh, he's oh, just like mute you. Sage is awesome. I'm, I'm doing things. Advancing your evolution somehow through my computer brain. I'm not okay. the high evolutionary, but <laughs> I'm Sage. I high evolutionary pants. can't do that. He makes it weird. I'm a animal wedgie. I'm Sage. I give you new powers. Yeah. Alright, mine, uh, number five and least favorite was Ultimate X-Men Date Night. Really hated it. It was Robert Kirkman's first, first arc on Ultimate X-Men. It was this ridiculous arc where they all kind of went on the, their own the, dates. That was the he did before he did Cable, right? Yeah. I, I kind of liked the Wolverine's Cable. That was, that was that's fun. fine. Yeah, that happened awesome. later. That's that wasn't as bad. Date Night, no. I remember reading it and be like, I don't want to read this anymore. Wolverine and Storm are going out and stuff. Yeah, it was just terrible. I didn't want to read it at all. I wanted to just throw it away. Everything after, um... Venice left, I didn't. Except for Vaughn. Except for Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, Magnetic North, North, which yeah, was on like my it. original list of uh, I also like Arcade. I like how Arcade was like a video game. Yes, game. Yeah, I agree. Number four, Poptopia. That's Uncanny X-Men 395 to 399. Oh, this Poptopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awful. Because uh, you have the, the first issue, 394 of the new new area, uh, sorry, new direction, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't bad. Uh, next is Sacred Vows, which is Uncanny X-Men 425, 426, when uh, Polaris and Havoc are going to get married. And then they don't, because he wants to be with that weird nurse. Chuck Austin. Oh. Yes. Chuck Austin. Yeah, I know. That's I had stopped reading, as I said, around 405, and I came back for the 25-cent issue, and I was like, this is garbage. Yeah, I read all this. Uh, and that was like 23 or 24, and then he had this, and it was just awful. Next was She Lies with Angels, Uncanny X-Men 437 to 441. There's a theme here. Almost all of my f- least favorite issues take place between 395 and 441. Like, that that's... It's just a horrible period. That was the Romeo and Juliet ripoff that Chuck Austin did with LaRocca on art. And not good LaRocca, but better than Invincible Iron Man LaRocca. Not good. It was just, it was just a ripoff. Yeah. This is Shakespeare, but I'm doing it in comics with with the Guthries. It leaded Chuck Austin to try to improve on Shakespeare. Yes, he would try to do that. And my least favorite is the Draco. 
Right? Oh yeah. Which, terrible. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it was on no one else's list. But I don't remember ride. the Draco. What the heck is that? That's the one with uh, with Azazel. His one appearance in the comics. Oh whatever. His dad and the. That's Chuck Austin, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, dude. I already said that. I, yeah, it was like my fifth one. Yes, but you're I very. Room for Inferno and Revolution <laughs> and Extinction. Agenda. Well, I, I I narrowed it more than you. you. Just basically said Chuck Austin. Everything is bad, and most of it is. But I had to narrow it down a little bit. There's just a whole blight on that. So Draco, She Lies with Angels, Sacred Vows, Poptopia, and Ultimate X Men Date Night. If Date Night hadn't been there, I would have found another Chuck Austin book to like put in there. <laughs> so basically, everything. This is basically like a, a fifty-issue period of garbage. So four years mm-hmm. of Uncanny X-Men, which I was barely reading most of it. When I would go back and read it, I'd be like, "This is painful. I don't like this at all. Give me my X-Men." I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want about Onslaught and that made you leave comics, but nothing will prepare you for Chuck Austin's reign of terror years later. Exactly. And it's interesting too because. There's Grant Morrison writing new X Men, and then you have the weird anime version of Uncanny X Men yeah, with anime Kia Ayasama, yeah. and and then even Garney came back on, and it wasn't good either. That was wasn't something about Garney. It was good. well, Garney was just being rushed to write a horrible script. And I love Garney too. Awful, awful stuff. It's almost sad that we're going on such a, a down note because that's like really this, you shouldn't have. Should no, we should start with the worst and gone to the best. But uh, leave us with a high note, Adam. High note. Tell us something that'll inspire us. Something to inspire you. Um, X Men's awesome. X Men is basically, awesome. But uh, there's if been you don't a lot of crap. time to read through and sit through crap. Watch the animated series; it's on sale now. Go buy those DVDs. Are you getting kicked back from Disney? Like, five. like season five? Don't, don't well, the halfway through when the animation <laughs> yeah. changes because there are animations. And you can get a lot of the best storylines that X Men have. have Proteus streamlined and animated yeah. with great voice actors and yeah. Scott. Enjoy that, and then now our time's up. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to Comic Shenanigans, Episode 6, where we talked about our favorite and least favorite X-Men stories and issues. Thanks for listening, and uh, I want to thank my guests, uh, Nathan Struck and Paul Scores. Once again, it's Adam Chapman signing off. Bye.